Here at Intoxia Reviews, we intellectually dissect the art of cinema, scene by scene. Here's some clips. Oh, he is. It's just a fucking big wooden doll full of cum chasing kids around. <laughs> you look up guys who poop in a bag. I think that's where you'll find them. Because he is hurt. It's probably just in your search history anyway, isn't it? This movie fucking blows. So don't forget to subscribe to Intoxicated Reviews on all places you find podcasts. Except Spotify. We're working on it. Hey everyone, Chris Hansen here of Hansen vs. Predators and Cantor Predator. Why don't you have a seat right over there and listen to Kyle and Brandon, our podcast. According to my chat logs, Kyle and Brandon have interesting guests. No, I hated it. Yeah. Everybody's sweaty, everybody's on drugs, so they're super sweaty but also touchy. And then they touch your face and you leave there and the next day you have pimples. Fantastic conversation. He's underground in a lab, floating in a tank of water because he almost died. And most important, no predators. Do not take product if you are hypersensitive. Oh, hey, Internet. Welcome back to another episode of the Intoxicated Podcast. This is a comedy variety talk show that gets personal. And I'm your host, Sarah McClellan. Welcome back. Welcome back. I survived 15 hours of streaming. When you're hearing this, it would have been last weekend that I streamed for 15 hours on the Intoxicated YouTube and Twitch channel. It was so much freaking fun. I truly had a blast. It was so great. So guys, this week's just going to be it's going to be a highlights episode. Obviously, a lot happened over the 15 hours. I had a music break. I had some podcast takeovers. And into the night, it just got into shit show territory with drinking. And so what I'm sharing are sort of the three formal interview segments that I did on the podcast. I'm just going to go over what I'm sharing right now. I'm going to share a quick 15-minute clip from the Taylor Swift song draft with Kyle Andrus from 902 Brewcast. He joined me. We did a long Taylor Swift bracket. It took about an hour and a half. And even still, we could have probably used another half hour to discuss all the Taylor Swift songs. But that was so much freaking fun. So I did share a clip of that of me talking to Kyle and a few clips from when we were discussing certain song pairings. But obviously, I just I freaking love that segment. So you got to check out the whole thing. If you are a Taylor Swift fan, there's that. And then after that clip, I do have my full interview with Geneva Dickey of JE Matchmaking. Geneva is one of my favorite people that I met in 2019. She is absolutely killing it with her business and how she's adapted to COVID-19. She's been doing virtual speed dating events. And she has a new podcast coming out on June 1st called The Book of Love Podcast. So we had a great one hour talk all about what she's doing, all about sort of the new landscape of dating and what that looks like. It was It's just always great to talk to Geneva. So I've included that interview in here. And then after that, I have a talk with my pals, Travis Lindsay and Dan Hendrickson. A good Zoom hangout chat with those boys. It was just so nice to talk to them because we haven't really talked over Zoom um, since our good friend Andrew passed away. So honestly, it was just so freaking nice to to talk to those guys. And I highly recommend you check out uh, Travis Lindsay's album, The Kid Is All Right. Obviously, check out Andrew Vaughn's album as well, Too Fat to Go Kart. Gotta get those plugs in because it's very important. But... 
But that's going to be this week's episode. I want to give a huge thank you to every single person who was part of the marathon, anyone who tuned in and chatted throughout the day. It was just it was just so much fun. Um, I love doing marathons. This time around, I would say that I was doing like pretty damn good up until about midnight and I started to fade at that point. But I can't be too hard on myself. I, I did a 15-hour show. So in my mind, it was a success. So big thank you if you tuned into that. Before I get to this mega episode, do make sure that you are following Intoxicated on social media. If you are digging what I'm doing, there's two ways you can actually donate to the podcast. Um, You can do a one-time donation through PayPal. I have linked below to that. Or you can sign up for Patreon at patreon.com backslash intoxicated. I'm getting so close to like finalizing sort of the new Patreon, the new features on there. I've already renamed the tiers to be comedy tiers. So there's a, there's a guest spot package, there's a middle package, and a headliner package as of now. So do check those out if you would like some extra content and want to support the show on a monthly basis. That would be amazing. But obviously, the best thing you can do for Intoxicated is spread the word, tell a friend, share it on social media, share it to your stories that you're listening. And you can also leave an Apple Podcasts rating or review. Honestly, guys, that's about it. I'm just going to cut this episode. There's going to be no uh, intros sort of going into each guest. I've already kind of told you who's on. So I hope you enjoy this week's highlights episode from the 15-hour live stream. Is it Kyle Andrus? Yeah. Andrus. Yeah, Andrus. Okay, I was overcomplicating it because I was like, I've never said your name out loud because we've only been Instagram friends. We've never met in person. No. So like, it's always weird when you say someone's last name out loud for the first time. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. And people mess it up all the time and it's it's all good. How do they mess it up? Like, what do they say? It's just most people just say Andrews or whatever. Like, I think at some point it was Andrews. Like, I think it's been like bastardized over the years and... Okay. That's where we are. That's, yeah. I know. It's so funny how people pronounce things. Like, people for my last name will say McLaughlin all the time. Really? McLaughlin. I was like. No, there's no GH at all in there. Or McLean. I think people just don't read. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I think like they see words and they're just like, I'm just going to go with what's comfortable. Looks like a shape that I've seen before. Whatever. Exactly. Exactly. So welcome to the the live stream marathon. Oh my gosh. And you're the host of 902 Brewcast. I am. I'm one of three hosts of the 902 Brewcast. Yes. Look at that merchandise and a beer and a Um, beer repping. It's, you know, it's 1230, whatever. Might as well. I have an Americano. That's good. It's a start. Yeah. Yeah. uh, So yeah, we drive around, not so much right now, but typically we drive around, interview uh, brewery owners, brewers, et cetera, just from like the regions. We would call ourselves like the East Coast Beer Podcast. We've been to a lot of breweries in in New Brunswick and PEI. Haven't made the trip to Newfoundland yet, but it's kind of on the radar. It's just uh, far away. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's oddly pricey to go there. It is. It's like you got to fly or take the ferry and it's like flying is really expensive. And then the ferry takes forever or you take the short ferry, but then you have to drive all the way around the entire province. So it's like, right. There's no, there's no winning. No winning. Because as you understand, like podcasts are not a lucrative uh, <laughs> endeavor. So, uh, you know, we don't have like a buckets of money to buy f- flights. No, we don't. And that's why it's important to do things like donate to your favorite podcast, sign up for Patreon, stuff yeah. like that. 
when you can somewhere on this thing you gotta yeah i have a little donate um let's show it right now you can donate at streamlabs.com backslash intoxicated or become a patreon at patreon.com backslash intoxicated so two ways you can donate depending on your level of how much you love me if you just like kind of love me and you kind of like what I'm doing, you can give me a one-time donation. But if you're really, like, in for it, you can do yeah. a monthly donation. Okay. There you go. Yeah. So two ways to donate. And I, I, I've been telling people, I'm like, I'm just trying to buy a di- – like, I want a good digital camera. And okay. to get a good one, like, you're, you are you got to pay from, you know, 500 to, like, $1,500 for, like, a good yes, digital yeah. camera. Yeah. I bought one. It's, like, 10 years old now. So it's less good than it used to be. Yeah, like the amount of money that I could put into podcasting is insane. Like the amount of things oh, on my wish list that God, I want like, for podcasting is madness. Yeah, I would we we would love to buy like new microphones. Like I this one's mine. We have a set of like five or six that are awful, but it's like you know, we gotta buy we have there's three of us, and then we usually have, you know, two or three guests. So it's like you buy six good microphones, like you're in for three grand at that point. It's like True. no no thank you. Yeah. We're here to talk about Taylor Swift, which is oh interesting because uh, you and I connected on Instagram. Yeah. Like, I, I kind of found out about 902 Brewcast, like, through the podcast community, and then I think that I followed you, and then I think we just started talking on Instagram literally about music. Like, Yeah, I think you post a lot of, you know, various people, or Katy Perry, or yep. whoever, so. I'm a pop star. I have a... Uh, a storied affinity for like female pop stars. Interesting. Like, that's like my jam for some reason. Oh, um, me too. I was never really big into boy bands or anything. It was always no. So like, I remember like I listened to like uh, Daydream. I think was like the record by Mariah Carey that came out in like the earlier mid nineties. Like I listened to that a ton. Um, I used to work in recording studios, so it's always kind of weird that like I I made records with like Joel Plaskett, but then at home I just listened to Taylor Swift all the time. Oh my gosh, that that's my... so funny. Interesting. Anyway. Interesting. So, yeah. Well, I um, mean, it's, it's, I, I have this kind of opinion and it's a little bit polarizing because everyone has their taste in music. But I feel like if you're a true music fan and you don't at least appreciate people like Taylor Swift or like my Lord and Savior, Carly Rae Jepsen, right? Love her. Like she's so underrated. As Did a, you listen to the B sides from Dedicated yet? So good, so, yeah, good. so good, so good. Like I just, she's just one of those people that kind of like didn't quite. Uh, she didn't explode in the way that Taylor Swift did, but she's on this. I would say on the same level, kind of, or at least in the same stadium. You know, the same world. Yeah, exactly. And you know, both uh, work with Jack Antonoff quite a bit, right? Who I um, love. Yeah, so I think that that's definitely a, a thing too. But yeah, I don't I don't know how you could uh appreciate music and not like appreciate all of it, right? Like anybody who listens to a little bit of everything, you can kind of appreciate that there's some good stuff in country, there's some good stuff in hip hop, whatever. It's like you can kind of get across everything. Exactly. Like you appreciate the elements of it that make it good. Like people who just yeah. like kind of write off pop and they're just like I'm not going to I'm not going to listen to that. Like it's too mainstream. Like those people bug me. I'm like, just yeah. freaking listen to 1989. I, I feel like that's it. an album that like, even like, that's just a universally loved album. 1989. Totally. Like, like so freaking good. Like, would you say that you have a favorite uh, Taylor Swift album? Like out of all of her? I don't think so. Uh, I, so I don't like, I'm one, like a guy. 
So I don't, <laughs> and I'm a couple of years older than her. So like, there's people who are like really, really identify with certain eras, like as they got older, like I've got friends who are, I'm only two years older than her, I guess, but it's like, I have friends who are like the same age and that they're going through the same things at the same times that the records came out and they really have like an identity with one of those albums. I don't like, I listened to the first album in like a friend's car in like 2008. Yes. Oh my God. Car, car rides was how I kind of fell in love with her too. It was like, it was a friend of mine I went to recording school with and him and his sister drove into school every day. And the CD was always in the car and Joel would always be like, yeah, it's my sister's CD. And we're like, yeah, okay, man, like whatever. And we've all just kind of come around to the fact that it was, may have been his sister's, but he's the one that played it all the time. That's so funny. And then I think I've just listened to them all since. And I think like my guess is that there's going to be some uh, overlap here, but I think that based on what I've seen, if some stuff you've done before is that like, I think you're a, a lyrics person. <laughs> I'm, I'm more yes. of a music person. Interesting. I was um, going to ask you about this in terms of this draft, because doing the draft made me realize how I consume music, which is, I, I do think I'm very much lyrics and melody. Like right. it has to be the good mixture of both of them. Yeah. yeah don't, don't get me wrong. Like I, I need there to be good lyrics, but it's like, if I listen to the record, like the first time through, like, I'll know like half the words of some of the choruses, but I can tell you like all of the hooks or like all that. Right. It's just like, I'm a music person. And like, I've, yes. I, like I said, like I used to work in studios, like I've got like a kind of production mindset. So like, uh-huh. that's the stuff I'm kind of drawn to. And I think so some of them are like, I was listening to them back to back, like what's in the bracket. And I'd be like, okay, this one makes me dance in my chair. This one, like maybe it's like the lyrics are really good, but it's like, I'm not in the mood for it right now, but like the next, anyway, it's, it was hard. I changed a bunch of them all the time. Looking at it now, I'm pretty sure I still have a hole in mine actually. So well, we'll that's interesting. We can work out the holes. So should we get, should we get to the bracket? Let's go to it. We, Let's yeah, go to it. Cause this might go. take a while. Cause there might be some uh, interesting discussion that comes up. Um, okay. The next pair up is shake it off versus breathe, which breathe is from fearless. Yeah. Yeah. With Colby Calais. So good. Okay, so what did you? Okay, this is gonna be this is gonna be polarizing because "Shake I, It Off" is like her biggest okay. song. I picked "Shake It Off," but I went back and forth a lot, and people had to. I put "Breathe" a couple times, and people talked me down from it. I love "Breathe." I, I I'm gonna change it. It's "Breathe." Oh yay! That's care. what I picked. Okay. I love "Breathe." Interesting. So we both had a moment of regret. I love that. Yeah. No. But yeah, yeah, but breathe. breathe, breathe is like breathe makes me cry. Like, yeah, Colby Kelly's harmonies are so good. It's a, it's so good. It is. Oh, Corey's pissed again. What I know, and okay, here's another thing I will say about Shake It Off. I love Shake It Off, but this is one of the songs on the bracket that falls victim to the overplayed factor. That was a sure. song that I loved, loved, like I loved Shake It. I and I still love Shake It Off. But that song, in the year that it came out, was played so much that eventually I got sick of it, if I'm being... Yeah, I mean, it's... If I'm being real. It gets a lot of play in the house right now because, like, my son will be like, play Taylor Swift. It's like he, what he's asking for is Shake It Off most of the time. So it gets a lot of play in the house and the car. And it's great. It's a fantastic song. And that's that's an example of a perfect first single. Perfect first... Perfect way for her to introduce that album. Yeah, yeah. And I'm with you, Christina. Like, I, if it's plays, I'm, like, definitely dancing in my 
chair for it, but I don't know. <laughs> Lauren wrote, y'all are wrong for this one. Shake it off is the entire Swift ethos. Um, wow. And I get, the thing is, is I understand where you're coming from, Lauren. I, it's one of those things where this is more of a personal thing for me. Um, yeah. It, like, breathe to me is like, I love when uh, Taylor goes like really serene, like songs like um, Clean. Another, like, really serene, slow song. But Breathe just reminds me of, like, like you're the only thing I know, like, the back of my hand. Ah! Yeah. yeah. Ah! <laughs> that lyric. That lyric kills me. And if it kills me inside, I'm taking it over. Let the haters shake it And it's it also off. just, like, it's just, yeah, it's, I like just how much of a departure it is from other stuff. Like, the, it's not, like, a whole wall of sound like it's just like super pared down it's super simple yeah it's so good yeah yeah and it's it's pretty much being like i don't want to move on but i gotta move on again heartbreak i'm sorry <laughs> if you give me a heartbreak song over a happy lightweight song i'm going heartbreak i do apologize but i'm an emo kid it's in my it's in my blood it's ingrained to go emo and there's a side of taylor that's very emo totally for sure. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I feel very passionate about this. I feel like I got really worked up there. <laughs> I'm no, so glad good... that you changed your pick. I waffled on that one and I Yeah. I still I'm looking around now and like there's another one I think I might change. We'll see. Anyway. Yeah, there might be some some changes. Another comment, breathe is very beautiful, no hate, and that lyric is a great counter. Yeah, I it it's that fucking lyric. I think of that lyric every time I, I like somebody. Um like when you really know someone and like that you know them like the back of your hand. Although I don't really know the back of my hand that well. <laughs> it's a weird phrase. Like it's nothing I ever really think about. Yeah, I know, right? It's like I don't know if I know the back of my hand that well. But <laughs> Corey, thank God for shake it off so I can shake it shake it bracket off. <laughs> We're upsetting people. We've really upset yeah. people, Kyle. Just all right, well started. you're gonna have to deal with it. That's life, everybody. We all have different opinions. It's all good. That's what this is for. Um, next pairing is you need to calm down versus dear John. I went back and forth on this a lot. What did you pick? I love you need to calm down. I have a reaction to my, that uh, I like YouTube video to me seeing the video for the first time. I literally oh, cried. Right. Yeah, yeah. I cried on YouTube. Um, I think that song came out. The night the Raptors won the championship. Oh, was it? That would make I sense. I think that was the same night. I think it was. Yeah, I think so. That was a big night for me. Yeah. Um, but it's Dear John for me. I, I have, have Dear a... John as well. Yes. Uh, I think Christina talked me out of this one. Really? I had you need to calm down for the longest time. Um, no, it wasn't. It was my friend Haley. Anyway. Um, I I'm probably almost as big of a John Mayer fan as I am a Taylor Swift fan. And so like, uh, I'll like ship them till the day I die, even though it probably wasn't a good situation for anybody. <laughs> so I've always struggled with like the song from that standpoint. And also just like, it's always bothered me that like the guitar player is like really trying to like dial in John Mayer tone, but it's like, it's not, it's really bad, but it, you can tell like he's trying to emulate that sound. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> That's hilarious. I still picked it. Um, Dear John, again, lyrically, um, I I just absolutely am in love with the feeling of that song. I yeah. get, Dear John is one of those songs that I'm like, I could have written that. 
based on my experiences with men and what I've gone through, wondering which version of you I'll get on the phone. Yeah, Oof. yeah. Oof. Strong. Um, the um, I'll be shining like fireworks over your sad, empty town. Yeah. Damn, girl. Like, I'm sorry. Put that down as like one of the best lyrics she's ever written. In my mind. Um, it's also, I think, the only Taylor Swift song that has a guitar solo in it. It's so, because it's a longer song. Right? Yeah, other ones may have like little fills and stuff, but that one has like a somewhat extended solo. It's always been weird to me, but it's part of probably the John Mayer thing. Uh, what was there's another lyric in that song that's like you took my my bright sky turned it to gray or something. Yeah, and it's she also has right now. a line about like I took your matches before fire could catch me, which I've always thought is a good uh, good line. I uh, I could I could cry seriously. I loved your John so much. <laughs> So yeah. it's it's no question that it's yeah, Dear John yeah. in my mind. Perfect. Next one is Lover versus You're Not Sorry. I pick Lover. <laughs> Can you guess which one I picked? <laughs> not Lover? Based on my, my outlook <laughs> on Taylor Swift songs? You're not sorry, for sure. <laughs> sorry, guys. I like a heartbroken Taylor Swift <laughs> over I, a happy um... Taylor Swift. <laughs> I just love the I love the sound of Lover. Like I love like from it if you just like put it on mute, like listening to like uh it's like a really like plucky short scale bass sound that like I really love. Like it's just like musically that one I really like. It is gorgeous, it is beautiful, it, it did make me cry when it came out. And, and when the video came out with all like the different rooms in the house and stuff, like that's so beautiful. Next level. So beautiful, beautiful imagery in it. But again, I just, I think I gotta, I think I would have picked Lover if I was happy. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's part of it. Like, I hope one day to feel the way she feels in that song. Um, and, like, I want my future self to pick Lover over You're Not right. Sorry. Like, logically, that's where it's going. And I, and I know that it's my pick is unpopular here. But that performance of you're not sorry where she's like it's raining it's from an award show and it starts right. raining on her very emotional oh for me. i saw that recently anyway yeah i don't know i i pick lover i like it a lot i think most people would pick lover uh <laughs> lauren wrote lover is deeply affecting and with a lot of explanation points a lot wow sarah that hit hard <laughs> I just, I will always go heartbreak over happy. It's just, again. That's fine. That's good. It, but yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm team lover on this one. That's fair. I think a lot of people. Right. So we are here with Geneva Dickey of JE Matchmaking. Mm-hmm. The only matchmaker west of Montreal, baby. We'll say east, but yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> You know, four hours of sleep don't work great when you're doing a 15-hour live stream. There's so many matchmakers west of Montreal, I would not even want... I don't know if I could handle competition. True. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you're... you. Here's the thing. I'm gonna. I'm just going to throw a bunch of compliments your way um, oh. because you are truly killing it. And, like, I, I mean that when I say that. I feel like that's a phrase people use so frivolously, but... I truly mean, when this quarantine happened, you didn't miss a freaking beat. You were no. like, because I messaged you. I remember talking to you at the beginning of this being like, 
oh my gosh, like all your dating events, like are they canceled? And you were like, ah, 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 they're virtual now, bitch. Like you didn't even, like it, there wasn't even a, you didn't miss a beat. I know. Trudeau didn't even come up for his first speech and I had switched everything over and then I had webinars on the go. Oh yeah. So this is insane. So I want to know what it was, what was it like going from, so obviously you were used to doing in-person events and then this whole thing happened and you adapted so quickly. What has it been like for you over this Um, time? It's been interesting. I mean, it's almost like a little bit of a psychology study itself because when you move into something that's so emotionally draining for so many people and then you bring something in like dating which itself is emotionally draining and then you're working with the singles in that regard um it's 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 all I can do is keep the energy up just for everybody else do you know what I mean so um but no it was a lot of fun and my business model if anybody knows me is act and then figure it out so I was literally (laughs) saying to you no like they're virtual now and then I'm like shit how do I make this virtual you know what I mean <laughs> well I think you said you're like no they're not canceled and I was like oh okay like bitches rolling with it yeah yeah <laughs> so I just say stuff and then I figure out how to make it happen but you truly did and not only that Geneva but like you're ugh, Geneva is one of my favorite freaking people on TikTok right now <laughs> your TikToks are so funny not not so you, much fun. you do really funny ones but you also do like the the daily dating advice as well um yeah. so you've truly you've truly adapted to this new world in terms yeah. of the business like yeah. you're really killing it i'm so proud of you and so freaking awesome well content is key right now i mean gosh when you know everything is so uncertain content is key Yes. And so I moved over to TikTok just for my personal use because I was watching some videos that overlapped into Facebook and I thought they're so funny. And then I started doing them myself and it has made me happy. And I didn't think like, I love it so much. Like it adds so much value to my day that I'm living and then I get to share it. And then people that I didn't even know I was friends with on Facebook are like, this is so funny. And then we have this huge influx of people coming into the book of love. Woo! because of those videos that's amazing i know i think it's just humanizing it so like when you hear matchmaker you think this prissy girl on top of the tower you know judging all these singles but in reality when you kind of humanize it and just be like hey like let's make this happen people are really enjoying it and the tiktoks like your funny tiktoks they make people relate to you because I think you're right. There might be this attitude of like, she knows so much and I know so little, but really you're just one of us too. You deal yeah. with, you deal with all the, the frustrations of dating as well. And you're open about it and you've obviously learned from it, from it and you have a bunch yeah. of tips and stuff, but like, you're right. Like relating to you on that level makes people put trust in you. Yeah, it's you true. Know? How are you finding in the single life during quarantine? <sighs> you want to know I mean, like, what? Like, I just sounds like it's you're having a hard time. I well, uh, there's been a lot of personal stuff, and like truly, like I'm a big extrovert, and so yeah. this has not been been good for me. Um, and I've been quarantining alone, and I like I get my energy from people, and I haven't seen people. So Sarah's batteries have been dead <laughs> for most of this time. Yeah. But I think things are starting to get better. In terms of dating, I don't know. I It hasn't made me go on the apps more, to be honest. I thought I might. I was like, oh, now that I have time, maybe I'll go on the apps more. Um, and one of my biggest questions for you right now, like, would be, I think people are spending more time on the apps, but how do you have a good conversation 
when life is so boring like when you're you're not working okay like you're not for a while there we couldn't go anywhere couldn't see friends couldn't see a bubble family and I struggled with like I want to talk to people but I don't know what to talk about because all I did today was lay on the couch and watch love is blind yeah (laughs) so like do you have any tips on com like how to start a conversation when there's nothing to pull from (laughs) Oh my gosh, I don't know, like, I even think before quarantine, we shouldn't even really be talking about what we're doing in our day via text message anyhow, like, snore fest, anyhow, what you need to be talking about is, like, sending funny memes, sending funny pictures, like, making fun of each other, having banter just about each other's personalities, like, Mm. to fill each other in on your day, that's picking up the phone and talking, that's going on a date and talking about your week, like, in person. If you're talking about that via text message, dating tip number one, try not to talk about what happened with your day. Never ask, what are you up to? How's it going? What have you been up to today? It's just so boring. Like, you want to add value, be funny have fun make fun of people flirt you know what I mean yes so I think that flirtation the topics of flirtation are literally endless um regardless of how your days are going anyhow those are my thoughts on that you're so right because nothing bores me more than what's up (gasps) today oh not much I got outside uh watch this show on Netflix what did you get up to oh same thing conversation's over it fizzles out it never goes anywhere yeah and fizzling out is the biggest challenge in today's dating culture. And I think it's just people have forgotten how to interact properly. Like when you're not being creative, when you're not actually thinking about what to say um, to these people, it just, it always falls flat. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's so true. And you've done a couple virtual, I want to know all about this virtual speed dating. That was fun. Can you t- tell us all about this? Yeah. Okay. What's the process? Like, walk us through it. I was actually, this one was my favorite. Um, it was technically only the, the only one that went through. So the younger one, I feel, was too early in quarantine. And mm. people were very much like, they were still, Ugh. And then the older demographic was hard because it's always hard to get a men, let alone trying to get them to come into a technological world yep. and figure that out. So we had to cancel that one. We had to cancel the younger one. But the other one that we had, it was such high quality people. It blew my mind. We had two doctors on there. We had a dentist. We had two lawyers. We had somebody super high up in like the environmental stuff in like the government. And then like it was just jam packed full of these quality people that never would have had enough time to come to a speed dating event prior to social isolation. So then they invested in themselves with this event. Interesting. Yeah. So it was a Zoom meeting like we're doing right now. Yes. But each Zoom seminar meeting, you can have break off rooms. I love that. So if there was four of us, you as the host could say, okay, Sarah and Geneva, you're going to go in this room and have a private chat. And then Mark and Joe Blow, you're going to go over here and have a private chat. And did you, like, were you the one who selected who goes and what? <gasps> ah! So we had, it was really fun. So we had everybody come in. They had to turn on their video because we've got to make sure that everybody is who they say they are. Yes. And there's no, um, uh oh. Oh no. Odd little images going on. So yeah. everybody had to turn on their video. We did like five minutes of introduction. And then I sent them off on their first date. 
six minutes goes by and they automatically come back to the main room. I had this gal who offered to be a DJ. She could run some music. Some people were dancing with their puppies and like, you know, jamming and watching everybody. So like when everybody back was back in the main room, it was like the first social thing that any of these people have done too. So they were just like so into it. Oh my God. And then after the one minute of being in the room, filling out your matching sheet, you go into another date and you did that 11 times. So we had 22 singles, so 11 men and 11 women. And then at the end, they send me their matching sheets and I send them the matches. And there was um, a ton of like friendship matches as per usual, but there was four major romance matches. No way. Yeah. No way. And could you see, could you pop in and see any of the dates taking place at any time or no? I could if I wanted to, but I didn't. I stayed in the main room and I just let them do their thing. I was going to ask. I wish I could have been big brother, hey? I I was going to ask because I want to know what flirting on Zoom looks like. (laughs) <laughs> that I wrote that down as a question for you. I'm like, what does Zoom flirting look like? Because I have a hard enough time trying to flirt in real life. Can't imagine. I guess you got to look at the camera. And, um... Yeah. S shape, Sarah. I taught you the S shape. Right? Oh, yeah. S shape. Yes. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know what I'm doing, right? <laughs> yes. There you go. Look at that cleave you got going on right there. That's flirting alone. I just, I would be so fascinated to be a fly on the wall for like a Zoom date because I know people are doing them. But, like, I just wonder how that is. Like, in my mind, I think if it was me, I'd probably want to get on the phone with, like, if I met someone on Tinder or something, I'd probably want to have a phone call first and then do Zoom. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of people are moving right to Zoom or right to, like, FaceTime. Yeah. And, and like, I just don't know. I don't know. Like, what does a FaceTime date look like? What do you do? Do you eat dinner with each other? Like, what... I'm just, oh yeah! Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh! One of the one of the matchmaker dates that I sent out, he ordered skip the dish, his favorite meal from his restaurant, sent it to her. Well, I ordered it for him and he paid, so then I sent it to her address. And then he ordered the same meal for himself. So then they sat down on their date, had a glass of wine, and she he like was they opened up this meal together. She had no idea what she was getting. Oh my gosh. So like they opened up together tasting and like, oh my gosh, this is so good. And he could explain why he, it was his favorite restaurant, stories about it. So that was like my favorite virtual date during quarantine with like the matchmaking couple. Wow. That is yeah. so interesting. That's so cute. Yeah. And then it people would... were like doing tours of the Louvre together. Um, oh. They were, Netflix has like that party where they can watch Netflix at the same time. Right. That's a good idea, too. I, I think it would be funny if someone ordered Skip the Dishes and sent it to a girl and, like, she opened it up and she was, like, allergic to shellfish or something. <laughs> like, that would be bad. Surprise! Can you send me your dietary restrictions, please, before <laughs> yeah. this is done? Just so you're not allergic to everything. So it's, like, red flag, bye bye, you know? But, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so interesting because in my mind, I was like, when this whole thing happened, I instant, and I'm such a pessimist and I hate that about myself, but I instantly went to, this sucks for dating. This sucks for people wanting to find love because, like, it's, feels like a, it feels like a pause. Yeah. Um, it feels like it's very limiting. But yeah. in your mind, like, what has, have singles been feeling? Like, are they more pessimist or are they more optimistic about relationships right now? Oh, that's a really loaded question. I love that question. I would say, okay, so when the fir- when the quarantine first happened, I had this influx of people that were in this panic mode. Yeah. Being like, mm-hmm. how do I keep dating? How do I keep doing this? Yeah. <laughs> And then there was the depression time, and that was around between March 
15th and April 15th, April 20th, where people were just like adapting to the new normal of social quarantine. And I was contacting everybody in the book of love. So I have 500 plus people. So I actually called all of them wow. within that month period, just to see how mentally they were doing to check in with them and make sure um, that they had the right frame of mind to move forward. And I would say probably only about a third would have been interested in virtual matchmaking. Okay. That's still, so that's, the stats are still good though yeah and it's understandable i mean this is exhausting men were super on ver- on board for virtual matchmaking by the way really? women were less though interesting i wonder what that is i don't know like i wonder what it is there because i'm i'm the type to still get glammed up for zoom calls i don't know about you me too but i still just like when i know i'm zooming with someone i'm like i'm still gonna put makeup on and stuff like I said gorgeous right now you look and that's another thing I gotta say about you you've been looking real gorgeous like um, you're always gorgeous but I I don't know I feel like there's there's something going on with you you, you seem extra happy and extra shiny and bubbly lately <laughs> maybe What's it's happening? embarrassing compared to everybody else that's in quarantine mode maybe I'm just an anomaly out of the group you're like a ray of sunshine seriously it's, yeah have you have you had any bad days throughout this thing where you've like Oh, yeah. Just felt like I had totally a, down the dumps? I had a weekend there around where that shooting happened in Truro because yeah. I grew up in that area. I didn't know anybody, but it was just like the fact that that happened in such a, it's in a place that I grew up in, that one put me down for probably five days that could not get out of bed. Oh, I feel you. Yeah. Real bad. Yeah. That was a bad one. And then like even just processing those feelings and then to try to communicate that. I did send out one post and I watched the memorial and then that kind of brought me out of that. It allowed me to mourn that. And that was hard for you. I mean, I remember going to your, um, what do you call that thing that you did at Sniggly Wiggly? The The live show. And our favorite, I brought my friend Zara, shout out to Zara, best branding branding photographer in the city. Um, Always do a shout out. She and I went there, and her favorite comedian was your friend that passed away just before quarantine. Yeah. How hard is that for you as well, losing somebody like that and then going into quarantine? Yeah. Yeah. For me, I feel like I am just now coming out of what was a pile-on of depression for two months. Because it was friend dies, grief. Oh, also panic, also job loss, stress, stress, stress. And it just, I feel like... Now that it's sunny and now that things are starting to sort of become more normal, I'm coming out of it. But yeah, it's it was real bad. Yeah. Real, real bad. But like everyone deals differently and everyone handles depression differently. And it's people like you, honestly, that inspire me um, to freaking get out of bed and make a TikTok or get out of. You know what I mean? Like like I like seeing people like you who've rolled with this and made it a positive thing is so important. Thank you. Well, next time I'm going to take a TikTok when I'm depressed in bed just to ground everybody a little bit. Because it's just so easy to get negative. And, like, this is something you and I have talked about a lot, about, which is, like, the mindset thing um, in terms of dating. And honestly, Geneva, you've changed how I approach men. Oh, good. Like, I I hope you know that because there's things you say, I think – and even in your dating tips on TikTok, that some people might be like, oh, that's really real. And that's really like she really just said that like it is. But it's that she just said it like it is. And it's true. Yeah. Specifically, when you talk about having value in yourself, 
And you posted a dating tip recently, which was talking about the, you have to love yourself before you can love everyone else uh, saying or cliche that we hear all the time. And I loved your spin on it because your spin on it wasn't that you have to be perfect, but you have to have purpose and value in yourself. And every time I almost make a bad decision, do you know what I hear? I hear your voice saying, you're not a woman of value right now. Oh, and because when you first told me that, I'll admit it stung a bit because I think it was actually in one of your one of your workshops that yeah. I was telling you about my issues with men who have commitment issues and, you know, all this. And you said a woman of value would never go after another man's another girl's man. And it, it was like, ah, ah Janine. <laughs> like, but it stuck with me. And it's so true. Yeah, we have to learn these harsh truths, and I love that you just say it like it is. You don't, yeah. you don't beat around the bush. And so, these dating tips, how have you been finding um, the feedback to this? Like these very like real, straightforward <laughs> tips for people. Have people been um, taking it well? Yeah, they are. And the reason that they're taking it well is because I'm not saying it directly to people. So I'm saying it to yeah. the world, which means that if you are there and you are in the place where you hear it for yourself. That may apply to you, but if you're not ready to hear it for yourself, you'll just hear it and not even relate. That's it. But when people are ready to hear it for themselves, and they will be like, they will hear it in seclusion with themselves. So they won't be mad at me because nobody's seeing them realize this, right? So I'm getting a lot of far less following than like the funny ones. The funny ones are like my bread and butter. But you need to bread that butter before you um, really throw in the jam, which is the dating tips, right? Bam! Oh, that's a good analogy. I made that oh, up right now. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. So that was, yeah, I, I think I have people that literally wake up. They say they wake up every day and they look forward to the morning dating tips. So I truly look forward to them because I just, I just love, there's so many cliches that we hear as single people. Um, and I don't want to gender it, but specifically single women, you've talked about what are some cliches that you constantly hear that you think are, uh, maybe not totally bullshit, but not, uh, like there's more to them than you think kind of thing. Yeah. My least favorite cliche, um, is once you stop looking, that's when he'll come. I, I'm not going to say hate, but I hate that one. Hate it, too. Hate it. Then you create this generation of people that are just, like, in this romantic movie thinking that they're going to walk down the street and drop their books and Prince Charming's going to be there with his blue eyes looking at her. And, you know, that's romanticizing the fact that you need to put a lot of work into finding a great partner. It's like, you know, it's like, I've said this to you before. It's like, you know, when you want to get healthy, you're not just going to like start eating carrots and go to the gym. You educate yourself. You go to a dietitian, you go to a coach, you go to a fitness coach and you get it done. The same when you want a really good job, you're going to go to and spend a ton of money in school to get a career. The Mm -hmm. tripod of life is health, um, career and relationships. Yes. So we're spending all of this on health and um, career. Yeah. But for some reason with relationships, we're all expected to just be born with these skills. Yeah. Yeah. And to then go want to educate yourself with that is considered desperate. So if men go and educate themselves on how to talk to women, how to interact with women, how to find a great partner, they're considered less of a man. Breaks my heart. Yes. 
Yeah. Breaks yeah. my heart. And then women are considered desperate if they're trying to educate themselves to find a great partner. Thank you. Do you know how many yeah. self-help books are on my, there's, I have tons. And we yeah. still got to do that book club thing that I do, because we both have thoughts on uh, Getting to I Do, which is an old book from the 90s, but it's has some really harsh truths in there that I think are still <laughs> true today, even though it was in the 90s. Which but, truth blew you the hardest from Getting to I Do? That you have to pick one and go and and stay in that energy, because okay. I teeter. I've I've realized when I was reading the book that I teeter on masculine and feminine. I want to be feminine. I want to be understood, but I approach in a masculine way. Yeah, and that's where conflict happens. And one of the biggest things I learned so far, I'm not done the book yet from getting to I do, is the feminine. Like we tend to think feminine energy is giving and accommodating and providing and nurturing but really like what she says in the book is like feminine is also being like this is the woman i am this is what i want you're gonna give it to me oh you're not i'm gonna move on then because feminine energy is the chooser the chooser yes so you say this is what i want Mm -hmm. if you're not down for it then i will find someone who will be yeah and it's as it's as simple as that, even though it seems hard in the time. But coming to that conclusion of like it has to just be that simple because you can't you can't like just wait around for for someone to change. No, biggest lesson. You can't. Biggest lesson. Yeah, you can't. And it's brutal. So what do you think? Interesting question. Sorry, I'm like switching it around on you. Yeah, coming out of quarantine. Yeah. What if you could design your dating life? What would it look like? Oh my gosh! I th- well, I gotta start flirting more. Yeah, I gotta start. You'd be like a crazy good flirter. Well, I have a lot of guy friends, and I mean, like, you know, uh, the question I was gonna ask you was like, how the heck do you get out of the friend zone? But Mm -hmm. I think a way to sort of dip your toe into getting out of the friend zone is is flirting, throwing out some flirt vibes. And I think for the most part, I'm too chicken, and I gotta stop being too chicken. And you were you you were with me one time. bar when you were like go talk and it was perfect it was a trivia night we were there with another girlfriend and it was in between segments and you said go talk to that group of men like go just say a snarky comment or make fun of them or something and I just froze yeah and so my so my dream dating life is not freezing and being like you and being and still being feminine and and all that but approaching yeah because that's another myth I think we get told as women which is is like if if someone wants to date you they'll they'll come to you oh that's such a good one and like when women say if he doesn't have the balls to walk up and talk to me he's not the man for me anyhow let me tell you the men that do have the balls to walk up and talk to you they're going to be the loudest most annoying dude and they just walked up and talked to 30 women prior to you (laughs) you're just the only one that said yes like if that's the mindset you have when you're going out you're going to be sitting there looking pretty at the bar all day and that's it and then leave being mad so true so mm-hmm. that like freaking dance that ugh, it's just i just think uh you know like i'm 33 um eggs are starting to die i uh <laughs> i gotta start uh I gotta start taking taking action i'm like if you're attracted okay. to someone tell them that's another thing yeah. too maybe not like in those words but like put out some flirt vibes flirt vibes are definitely telling and that's true so I think striking up a conversation like at a bar or a social at a party 
That is key. So you just need to do, a lot of people think that they need to approach and then stay there for 15 minutes and spend the entire rest of the evening with them and then go on a huge date. All you need to do is just say, um, what were some of the things, tips we gave at Wing Woman? Oh, what are you drinking okay. tonight? What yeah, 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 the drink. Yeah. Yeah. Or can you hold my coat while I carry these drinks to my girlfriends? Mm-hmm. It's literally like you are bridging, like you're breaking that ice. Yeah. But once that ice is broken, he will keep an eye on you throughout the evening. And when the next opportunity comes, he will be able to bridge that conversation. Right. Exactly. And then play like the coy hard to get if you want to. Or you gotta like, style is. put little niblets out there. Little niblets. And then, uh, and then see if they, cause I, that's another question I have for you. Attraction. Okay. Here's my main question. Mm-hmm. This is a blunt question. Yeah. Why is attraction such bullshit? Why are we attracted? Why are we attracted to who we're attracted to? Okay, so like, if you're attracted to a certain type of person, and that person is someone who um, has commitment issues, Mm -hmm. how do we change? Like, I don't want to say how do we change what we're attracted to, but Mm -hmm. like we all, I think deep down as women, like we all do want a nice guy, Yeah. but they're not necessarily the ones that make our hearts go like flutter flutter and like that's something i'm struggling with personally i'm just like i just want to be attracted to here's what it is i want to be attracted to someone who's into me yeah and and that can be another hard thing to come to terms with the whole if they're not into me i am not into them Mm -hmm. and that is a hard mindset to get to yeah i feel like That is a lot of teaching, but I always feel that the more that you educate yourself on being a high value woman, like you said, it's not necessarily knowing all these qualities and being this the next day. It's being aware of what these qualities are so that once you are behaving a certain way, you recognize it and then you can reverse it. Yeah. As we start working on these qualities with ourselves, we're going to start to be able to see that in the men. So you're going to be constantly attracted to the, if you're attracted to the bad boys, you're attracted to the damaged guys, you're attracted to the emotionally unavailable, you're always going to be attracted. (laughs) Is that ding ding for you? (laughs) Emotionally unavailable? Yes, please. (laughs) Um, If you're attracted to that all the time, but you're never improving yourself, that's what you're going to constantly be attracted to. Once you start becoming a high value woman and you work every day for these qualities, you're going to be able to start recognizing those qualities in a man mm. so that you're going to respect it, which going to, is going to bring on a lot more attraction that right. way. But, um, oh gosh, I just lost my train of thought in regards to that. But uh, yeah, you're going to start to see that and then be attracted to that. Also, this whole like butterfly, I want to meet him and all these chemistry and I'm just like, that's just product of culture. That's product of what we've seen in movies. Yes. You know, like once the butterflies go away after two months, you're like, this relationship is over because it sucks because we're not putting any effort in. No, no. It just means that all of those, you know, chemicals that are brought about when you're around somebody that you're attracted to have just dissipated because you've gotten used to it. So true. But, you know, on all the romantic comedies that we watch, it stops once he gets the girl. It stops once they get married. It never talks about all the other more beautiful aspects of relationships that we need to work towards. Oh, my gosh. You're, you're so correct. Oh, my. You got deep, girl. I, I mean, I, you, I, I'm always down to get deep. 
I just think like I think the main thing that I've learned through like doing your workshops and like what you offer is like so much of dating and succeeding in dating is self-work and and I think a lot of people don't necessarily realize that um and like oh my god it's just it's so real like like when, when you yeah. actually dived that list there was one of the wing woman workshops there was the list of uh like your um what was it frozen five, five? Mm-hmm. i i say that to every woman and we all have trouble with it which is getting yeah. down what you want in a relationship in fact i still don't really know what i want what if you don't oh. what if you don't know what you want because okay and this sounds sad i'm just gonna be honest but let's say you just haven't had a lot of healthy happy past relationships so you don't really know what works you kind of know what doesn't <laughs> but yeah, you don't really know what works because maybe you yeah. just never worked how the heck do you figure out like what your ideal partner is because i still don't know yeah. like i have a couple things i think instead of okay so it's interesting a lot of people think that figuring out what they want in a partner is a menagerie of their past relationships Mm. And there's some aspects of that, but that just makes it more tricky the older you get and the more relationships you've had. What I want people to do when they're figuring out those frozen five of really figuring out what they enjoy is reflecting in on yourself and what makes you happy. And so, for example, one of my biggest frozen five is um, high novelty seeking. Yes. So that is pretty much one of my number one. If I'm out with a guy and he's up for like fun, which is like if you're going for a walk along the waterfront and I'm like, oh my gosh, they have those scooters. Let's jump on a scooter. And he's like, yeah, let's do this. If that guy is like, ooh, but we didn't plan scootering today. I'm not wearing the proper footwear or whatever. That will never work out because my entire life is jumping into hot tubs that I'm not supposed to be in and like scootering and like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So just knowing yourself a little bit more. So it's all going to grow as we kind of get to know ourselves. What would be your number one pros and five? It's tough because, like, I have the list somewhere. But I one, one, one thing that I, I realized recently that I, it, it might not have been on the list, but something that's really important to me is, uh, this is really random, but they can't think the things I love are dumb. Oh. I remember you saying that. Like, I tend, I can sometimes go 15-year-old girl, like, dance around to Taylor Swift or like like I'm a fangirl sometimes and if you think that that's stu- like you just gotta have the attitude of like she likes what she likes and that's fine not yeah. why do you like that yeah like and judgy man that sees you dancing around like a 12 year old and just thinks oh, that's my girl you know exactly because it's adorbs I want the like who wouldn't find that adorable well that's just it and I think I think like I think that's something amongst women, which is so common, is this sort of like, I've always felt like I'm a girl's girl, girls love me, gay guys love me, and everyone's complimenting me all the time, but straight men are just like, they don't seem as into it. Mm -hmm. And I think that women can get in this mindset of going, and I wrote this down as a question for you, which is, how do we get out of the mindset of what is wrong with me? So getting into that loop in dating where it's like, I'm so great. People tell me I'm great. And I, I deep down, I know I'm great too. But like, what's yeah. wrong with me? Yeah. I think so many women, specifically in their 30s, can um, get into that. And then that can be a real lump in dating. Yeah, absolutely. A lump of frustration. And like, oh, my gosh. Like, adverting the blame. 
I even remember before I started really get educating myself in this industry and really educating myself in dating and being the best partner for somebody. It was the same thing. Like whenever somebody rejected me, I was very much like, what is wrong with me? And I'm yeah. a curvy girl. So I only attract curvy guys uh, or guys who like curvy girls. And that's cool with me. So long as you just accept that, you know, I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea. It doesn't mean that anything is wrong with me because there have been, like, I'm a creator girl and I've had no problem with the vitamin D. You know what I mean? Like, through my entire life, I can always get a man if I want to, regardless, you know, because of the curves or in spite of or whatever the saying is. But yeah. at some point when we move into really personally growing, we're going to have to think about the what's wrong with me. And I don't think it's more so like deep into your identity, but it has more to do with your behavior, mm -hmm. which is definitely manageable. So yes. in regards to like you, your personality is your personality, your desires and your dreams and your goals is you never, ever change that, you know, your look and your style and all of that and how you carry yourself is all you never change that. But we can absolutely definitely change our behavior based on the knowledge that we have of the other person. Oh, that's true too. Yeah. So educating yourself on how men behave, why they behave, what they do, understanding why they're attracted to what they're attracted to, and um, and just adjusting. And I know everybody says also horrible dating advice, not horrible, but just be yourself. Great dating <laughs> advice in theory. I love that. When you go into the professional, okay, so you are yourself. So Sarah with your friends is amazing. Sarah saying to some you know, waiter, something about meatballs. I remember that. Story. Oh, yeah. The... <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But then you're going to go into your professional world of um, party planning or event planning, mm -hmm. and you're going to dress differently. You're going to walk differently. You're going to talk differently than, you know, the Sarah you are with friends. Right. It's the same, like, you know, when I'm interviewing someone for matchmaking, I am not, you know, the gal on TikTok or the Geneva with my best friends or my family. I am, you know, these different identities. So when I move into the dating world, which is literally its own thing entity altogether, I have come to understand men, why they do what they do and how they respond to certain things. And I've just adjusted differently. And as you adjust, you can see how people react to you. And this is what naturally people do as they grow older like junior high is awkward for a reason because we have no freaking idea how to behave socially it's true and then you get into high school and that stuff gets better because you've learned the social cues in that it's the same with dating you got to learn these cues and learn how to um interact properly absolutely yeah oh my gosh well one thing so that i've stopped doing is this as yourself like if like you said what's wrong with me it's not you it's just you know, it's, it's an, ex it's like an extension of your behavior. That's causing the problem probably. Cause I know with me, yeah. like I'm very self-deprecating, but I've realized lately that I've just, I've started, um, just faking it until I make it, Okay, <laughs> which I used to not believe in, but the, the actual negative self-talk is I think one of my main issues. So I've stopped doing that. <laughs> You don't like the self-deprecating. I kind of think it's, I think it's funny. Cute. Well, I find that, um, Men don't like it. <laughs> oh, because then they think they have to fix it, probably. I, I find that it hasn't done me any favors with men. Um, really? 
No, and and I and I actually like I I'm one of those people I just firmly believe that um confidence is like a sliding scale like um you can be depressed but also be confident. I I believe that. You can be going through some stuff but still be happy with yourself. You can make fun of yourself and still think you're a woman of value. So yes. I've started trying to just you know kind of combine those and put put out a different uh different vibe. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. It's yeah. uh, it's really tough. <laughs> I remember I was dating this guy. Um, gosh, I guess it was like five or it was probably seven years ago. Anyhow, um, I'm just like like two years ago I was dating this guy, and then I realized no, it's seven years ago. <laughs> and when he and I first met, he was very sarcastic. So everything he said was sarcasm, and everything was a joke. And then he did what you did and he was like, oh, I'm going to stop being sarcastic and I'm going to have some serious conversations. And it was six months before I saw him again because I went out to Calgary and came back. And then he had a completely different attitude and it was more attractive. And it was more attractive that he decided to be that way. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's just that decision that's an attractive to make. quality that you're adapting. That's so true. Oh my gosh. And if anyone in the chat has any questions for Geneva, now's your time. Ask away. Um, questions, yeah, because she's here it. and she has she has tons of knowledge. Do you have any other ideas for Zoom dates other than skip the dishes delivery? Are there any other cute ideas that you can think of for people to go on like Zoom or FaceTime dates, yes. activities or anything? I'm in the frame of mind, too. So I had another matchmaking couple recently. The, the guidelines are loosening up a, le- a little bit. So this one gentleman, a bottle of wine. And then, um, sorry, people keep messaging me. It's oh, really? Yeah. Are they watching you, you or they message you? Do you hear the things? Yeah, they're, they're, they're watching. Not asking questions, though, people. Ask yeah. questions. Ask questions. <laughs> and he brought a bottle of wine and a security board. They both had hatchback cars, and they wa- they drove down to the waterfront, and they, like, hatchbacked their cars facing each other and just sat there and enjoyed a bottle of wine. I've heard about the car dates. Mm-hmm. What if you're a bitch without a car, though? <laughs> what about the walks? <laughs> what do you think about the walks? Like the going on a hike kind of apart uh, from each other. I think less so hike because that's like, I think like going for a walk through the public gardens would be nice. You know, sitting on a bench would be nice. But that's based on comfort. So I do contact the dates. I'm like, hey, are you comfortable with like meeting a person? If they're not, then I recommend... House Party is a great app because you can play games while talking on House Party. Oh, nice. Yeah. House Party is just like Zoom and just like FaceTime, but they can play games like, I don't know, Crossword and things like that. Um, so cool. Other date ideas, my gosh. Just sitting down and enjoying a glass of wine, playing like games together, like a card game together. I don't know. I think that kind of like summarizes it. And Oh, um, Glimmer, Glamour has a list of like 21 virtual dates that you can do. Ooh, Glamour. Okay, look that up. I do want to ask you about one thing, though. I saw one of your Dane advices uh, recently, which was about the texting, the fast texters. Fast texters, that was yesterday's. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, did that hit hard for me, because guess who's a fast texter? <laughs> me! He texted me? Better write back right away! Yeah. Me. Yeah. And that is so true. So you pretty much said that um someone of value isn't sitting on their phone like ready to respond right away because you have other things in your life. You're yeah. You have hobbies and things that you're doing. 
Yeah, and that's the kind of thing. I know a lot of people are like, okay, so someone texts me. How long should I wait to text them back? Like, if you're looking at your phone and you see the text come through and you have a response, text back. Like, come on. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, like, high-value people, they don't have the time to drop their phone and text all the time. Right. So, um, like, this gentleman, I would text him, and he'd text back in 30 seconds. <laughs> and it made me not want to text him because I knew that if I texted him – I would have to be available for the back and forth. So it yeah. actually pushed me away from wanting to text him oh. an appropriate amount of time. Do you know what I mean? So that was just my mentality around it because I feel that my mind now that I'm a dating coach works in a very masculine way. I can see what men think. So when you text back right away, which is totally fine every now and then, totally fine if you're by your phone. But if you text back right away, it actually you're like, okay, well now I have to text back and now it's this conversation. So the next time you're going to actually think, okay, do I, am I ready to get into a conversation right now? So the texting, you're actually causing the other person to put off texting you longer and longer and longer. Right. Oh my God. That's fascinating. So that's the psychology do, of it. Do you think you're like, in terms of the game to I do thing, do you think you're more masculine than feminine? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have so much crazy masculine energy. And that's the thing is that women, we have to have masculine energy to survive, survive the world. It's true. So back in the day, um, you know, women could be feminine throughout their entire day because the men basically finance their entire lifestyle and it's just really easy to do. But now with the economy that it is, women are, you know, building businesses, you know, interviewing amazing comedians that are mostly men, so you have to bring that masculine energy when you're talking to them to True. keep that going. Yeah. They are, um, you know, career-driven. They're building their career. So when you're out all day, you're in a masculine energy to survive the world. But when I come home, I really want to take off that masculine armor. Me too. To just let me be feminine. That's exactly me. I'm masculine in every other aspect other than dating, like other than relationships. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. We do have two questions in the chat. Ready oh. for some we got two questions and then and then I'm gonna let Here Geneva get back to her day. So um first question is what advice do you have for any relationships that formed early on during the social distancing mandates? Um mm-hmm. who've done the online dating, done the distance walk hike thing, and are missing touch. Ooh, they're missing the okay, so how are we dealing with the I think that's called skin hunger? yeah skin hunger if your love language is physical touch oh that's yeah how how we how should we be dealing with this and actually i'm gonna add to that and ask your opinion on um people people breaking quarantine for hookups and uh what are your thoughts i need your thoughts your honest thoughts (laughs) i think breaking quarantine is like you gotta think about it in an interesting way it's like Hey, do you have any STDs? No, man. Like, no, I've been super safe. You know, I just like, it's the same thing in dating. So like, if you're breaking quarantine with someone, they may say, yeah, I've been quarantining by myself for the last two months. But it's like saying to someone, hey, have you had unprotected sex in the last two months? And they're like, no. You know what I mean? So do it if you want to at your own risk and discretion. Mm -hmm. It's just like an STD, I say. So if you're re- willing to take the risk, I say, go for it, I guess. It's the same as STDs. It's the same, like, before quarantine. Um, 
but in regards to her question or his question um, about the human touch, oh, that's hard. It's completely up to you. Um, Maybe just work on building those relationships so that it moves to a place of trust that you could potentially, you know, and soon enough things might open up where you could be allowed on, you know, a second or third bubble. And maybe then that person becomes your second or third bubble and you can, you can have that lifted kind of thing. Yeah. But it is tricky. It's always smart, but also don't be afraid. Um, And I had a couple of couples do this. Don't be afraid to take a break from a break from the relationship until you can see each other in person. There's a lot of people that have met at the very beginning. They chatted for a month and then naturally it fizzles out because you can't meet in person and they're taking a break until they can meet in person in two weeks, a month's time. That's totally okay too. You can pick that up. It's totally okay. There's a chance you're going to miss out and they'll find somebody else. That's just the risk we take. Yeah. But um, everybody out there is missing physical touch. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. I'm a physical toucher and I don't know how I'm making it, but somehow I've kind of blocked my brain to allow it. But I think it's just part of the struggle that everybody is going through. So the only advice is just to do it based on your discretion. Yeah. Maybe get a weighted blanket. <laughs> Get a weighted blanket, get a first fuzzy friend. I don't know. Yeah. We have another question here. This is interesting. Um, This kind of ties into the masculine feminine energy. Um, This is from my friend, Brittany. Hope you don't mind me calling you in the chat, Brittany. Um, How do you balance leading and following in a relationship? I'm in a lesbian relationship, so it's often hard to figure out who is in charge. It's interesting that you... um, Lonnie just said, I'm literally crashing with a bag of chips and beer watching this. Oh, yay. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Everybody say hi to Lonnie. And you look super sexy with your beer and and chips. Um, So, oh, gosh, I forgot. Oh. Leading and following, yeah. Now, this is not my expertise. I am actually working on getting an associate matchmaker that can focus on the queer community here in Aldax. Perfect. These are my next steps. I am not an expert in that kind of relationship, Harley, uh, I'm launching my podcast, Book of Love, is launching June 1st. Guest number five is Harley, who was my queer consultant for all of our speed dating events, our queer speed dating events we were having. Right. Um, So she would be somebody that could really answer that question in regards to, you know, uh, a lesbian relationship. Mm -hmm. But in regards to leading and following, I think that that dance has played in heterosexual relationships as well. And I think it's just recognizing how the other person reacts to you. So I know that my tendency is when somebody pulls away because I'm giving too much attention, I just pour on the attention more. Mm -hmm. The best thing you can do is also just give them space until they come to you. I think it's just the natural human psychology of interacting with one another. And um, yeah, I doubt that answers the question. That was a deep psychological relationship question which i'm not an expert in but but i think you're right because i think that you can also look into like love languages and attachment styles too yes figure out what yours are and what what theirs are and and uh and see how that uh how that meshes all together oh you're so good it's right the attachment style if you can figure out what your partner's attachment style is yeah you can then react to how they're acting to you because you understand it's the same exactly once you understand what they're doing you can react better. 
And and it's and as long as you know that you you'll react in a certain way. So look up attachment styles and love languages, and mm-hmm. and talk about it with your partner. Maybe figure out which ones you are. But I think based on that question, definitely attachment styles would be something to look up. Sarah, yeah. do you want to be a dating coach? I would love to if I. But I I feel like I'm not that credible. <laughs> I need more dates on my resume before I could do that. But Geneva, you got to come back on the podcast though soon, for sure. Oh yeah, um, anytime. I'm some having night, so much fun. Some night. Are you going to be a guest on my podcast? I would love to. I would love to. Just know it might be sad. Oh, that's okay. But you know it's going to be a matchmaking podcast. So when you're done, we're actually going to get people sending in emails that are asking to go on a date with you, and then I send you on a free date. I'm down. I'm open. I'm ready to take a lover. <laughs> I would like to take a lover. It's time. I'm you want 33. To take a lover? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to take a lover. I just love that phrase, take a lover. That's what Whitney you Cummings is. You have to finish the second half of your profile in the book of love, and then I'll find you. You a know why? Because I don't know what I want. I was actually on the section where it was like, describe your ideal partner. And I was like, uh, 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 uh. So I'm still figuring that out. But I will be <laughs> filling that out very soon. Don't you worry. Good. So cool. tell everybody, are there any upcoming events you want to plug? Obviously, Stay tuned for the podcast, June 1st, Book of Love podcast. Yeah. yeah. So the events, I'm I'm torn. And tell me if anybody has any comments in this. I want to do a virtual one. We need at least a month to plan an event and to get everybody on, on, into it. So I can't plan an event for the next week. I do want to do a virtual ad- event in June, but I have a feeling that it'll be an interesting dynamic if people will still want virtual or if they'll want a person in person by the end of June. Right. It's so, and we, when we still don't know what's happening, right? Like, still don't know what's happening. So that's kind of in purgatory right now. Mm-hmm. But podcast is my favorite. Um, it is launching June first. We're launching the first three episodes. Episode one and episode two are talking about how being a high value male and a high value female. So mm-hmm. free free dating coaching right now just by downloading that podcast, Book of Love podcast. Um, we're going to be launching webinars here soon as well. That's going to go back into, I'm thinking dating during quarantine, online dating mindset. But last time we did that, that went all the way down to Florida and all the way up to BC. So I really want to invest because I feel like that can go quite far. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been working on that for a while. And then the book of love is literally blowing up. I'm so excited for you. I so truly think is this is like, up. this is the year of you. It's, yes, it is. It's it's not everyone's year. I think it's your year. <laughs> no, I don't think it's everybody's year. But yeah, you're killing you know, it. My year. We're expanding all the way to Nova Scotia, so I want people from Bridgewater, Cape Breton, Kenfield to come into the Book of Love because I'm going to be expanding to be dating events down to Wolfville, Bridgewater, mm-hmm. and Cape Breton. That's unreal. And you can find all the information about your business on is it just jematchmaking.com? Matchmaking.com. Everything is jematchmaking. So follow her on social. All on social. So Instagram is JE Matchmaking. Facebook is JE Matchmaking. TikTok is JE Matchmaking. Oh my God, please follow her on TikTok. She's amazing. Geneva, I can't think of There's you either ones for- that are on TikTok that never go on Facebook too. So. I love TikTok so much. I love watching them. They're so- I used to make more videos. I loved it. I, I- loved it. That was a fine video. Oh, I lo- oh, there's more coming. I have a couple in mind. Thank okay. you so much, Geneva. We got to get on to our next segment, but I thank you so much for coming on. I'm and I'm going to take a big pee break and a snack break. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on so much. I love you so much. Thanks. Thanks a million. See you later. All right. Actually, guys, we have some comedians. We have some comedians on this comedy live stream. 
I'm going to welcome some special guests, some people that I really want to talk to and check in with. I'm going to let my first guest in, who um, has a comedy album out called The Kid Is All Right. Please welcome the one and only Travis Lindsay, if this works. Do we have Travis Lindsay? Oh, he's here. He lives. I don't know how none of this works. I'm there you go. I think that's oh, good. I can hear yeah? you. Okay, good. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Travis Lindsay's here. <laughs> Hello. How are you? Here, everybody. Here, everybody. Okay, let's see. Let's see if Dan Hendy. We also have, I introduced Travis as, he has a comedy album. Dan's introduction is, it's just Dan Hendrickson. Here's Dan. <laughs> Dan Hendrickson is here. It'd be funny if it was just Dan's name this whole time. I mean, that's pretty much like what our podcast was. <laughs> this is power for the course, eh? Yeah, yeah. This is this is spot on right now. This is. I mean, maybe it, maybe it's just him getting his video set up. But welcome, Travis. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm good. You I know, feel like it's only tradition to have you on my marathons. Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, usually it would be there and I'd be very, very drunk by now, but we'll do what we can. We'll do what we can. Oh, there he is. There's Dan. Hey, boo. Hey, oh, boo. There he is. How's it going? Good. Hello. Where are you at, Travis? Where's I'm at home. Oh, is this the inside of your house? This is the inside of my house. This is the, ins- this is the downstairs part. Oh, oh damn. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? Nice. You've never invited me in. I'll have that be known. I've never invited anyone. <laughs> Has Lauren been inside your house? No, not not yet. What? Um, oh, wait. Think, Can I even think... mention that your girlfriend's name? Yes, that's fine. Okay. These things are very hectic here and, you know. Okay. And not that's in the environment where I... Well, How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? You were outside earlier. Did I interrupt your outdoor times? Uh, no. Well, uh, well uh, for anybody watching, I'm in uh, I'm in PEI, and we're doing we're doing pretty well with everything. So we're having like a little bit of a, a social distancing backyard party. But there's a lot of people there. Yeah. How many? We're allowed 15 right now, so that's how many we got. Damn. That's yeah. Many. That's a comedy show right there. That is a comedy show. You, uh, yeah, you might be able to pull one off in the backyard right now. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little light, especially you don't want to do a show outside. But anyway, yeah. how's the streaming going, Sarah? It's actually going swell. I think it's because I gave people takeovers, so I didn't have to do everything the whole time. Yeah, I mean, I, like I, I thought it was crazy that you're doing 15 hours because like the last one was 12, right? Well, I've done so. You were you were both on my twelve hour, and then I yeah. did fifth, and then I did fifteen before, in oh, person. You've done 15 before. Yeah. yeah, with people coming in person, and that was. I was worried about this one because I'm an extrovert, so I'm energized by people, and the Zoom calls tend to zap my energy after a certain point. Yeah. So I was worried about like getting tired from just staring at a screen, but if I I have breaks during this one, so it's perfect. Scott McLean's gonna yeah. play some music after this. Yeah, I've been like, I'm in shock about how much during all this I've enjoyed Zoom calls just in general, like how much it actually is good to be talking to people. Yeah. But my only issue with them is like a lot of times we're like, oh, let's have a few drinks and do a Zoom chat. But then once you're done, once you log off, you're just like drunk alone in your house. 
which that's, is that's my life. Yeah. There's yeah. no there's no wind down, you know? Like usually there's a cab ride or a drunken meal or anything like that. It was like no, it was like, okay, bye everybody. And then cut to boom, just drunk alone. Like, it oh, is weird. Is like- <laughs> it's a weird energy shift for sure. That sounds, that sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they all drink from the kid. Are you guys? I usually happens when we're out at a bar and I say, I'm going to leave now. It's like, oh, okay. Sounds good. <laughs> I'm going to go. Are you guys doing a lot of Zoom hangouts? Uh, I, I was doing more so when it. I have not. When everything happened at once. I was playing like a lot of Quiplash and stuff, but it's definitely toned down a little bit. I think everything's relaxing a little bit. Like, what can you do in Nova Scotia right now? Can you be with. You, you pick one household, right? Yeah, that's about it. You can go to the beach. You can go to the beach. Yeah. You, can go, you can go to a park. Yeah, that stuff's opening up again. Sarah, did you pick a household? I mean, it, it was an immediate family household. So I made a joke being like, um, I told my hookup buddy that I think of him like a brother. That's a good joke, though. I would say stepbrother. Because it was immediate family only. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, hey, have I ever I'm told a- you that um, <laughs> you're like a brother to me? <laughs> I have a genuine theory, though, that I think, I don't know if, like, like, probably a couple weeks ago when this, like, everything seemed a little bit more serious, not to say it's not serious now, but I think, like, casual sex might be affected by all of this, you Um, know? You think? It is! I know. I mean, obviously, obviously, like, through this, like, social distancing, but I mean, like, post this, you know? I think everyone's, like, these kids that are growing up now, these people going through high school, I don't know if there's going to be such a loosey-goosey lifestyle as, like, We've enjoyed in our 20s first what people are going to be having, you know? I mean, AIDS was a motherfucker. It didn't stop people from not wearing condoms. Yeah, but that was such a, like a, like a gay-focused thing. You know what I mean? Like, that was literally yeah, that was very the, specific on one community. That was like the thought. Well, then there's also herpes and other shit. Uh, yeah. You know, chlamydia. God, so fucking critical. I'm a shit. I'm just, I'm just pointing out of people are stupid. Well, I have yeah. a lot, of, I have a lot of opinions on this subject. And well, let's hear it, boo. To be honest, I'm fired up about it. Yeah, let's get it. Because I put up a poll on Instagram, being like, okay, and this was before they introduced the bubble household. So this was when everyone should be six feet apart. But I could tell that there was like some people breaking that, like not really. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, there's a you lot. You know, of people I could tell. And yeah. this, an outside of people who live together, because that I totally get. Live together, fuck it. But I said, um, would you, well, there was two questions. It was like, would you hook up with somebody during quarantine? Or, or is yeah. it okay to hook up with someone during qu- quarantine? And yeah. there was a lot of no's. But then I asked if you were in a relationship but not living with the person. Yeah, true. Would you Same hook thing. up? Would you yeah. still hook up during quarantine? And a lot of the no people said yes. Hi, Special yeah. K. Hi, <laughs> Special you, K. Kevin McDougall. Yeah. Hey, buddy. But, miss you, you too. but Travis, you, you, you spend a good majority of your time with over at Lauren's house, right? Oh, yeah. The majority. This long as I've been home. And um, this is not fun podcast stuff. Uh, my, my grandmother had a heart attack. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I've been home for two weeks. I'm going back to her place tomorrow. Things are good. Everything's fine. Oh, God. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that was a that was a moment during this fun pandemic. 
Well, that's the thing. <laughs> Life goes on, right? Like shit still happens, as we know. Our friend uh, yeah. passed away. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Here we go. I wow. Gonna, I'm gonna, I, I wanted, a full drink in you. You know, you know what it was. I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to get into it because Dan, I know you don't want to get talking about no, it. I'm fine with getting into it. Just when you you're mentioning like, hey, maybe we do like a boys' club reunion. I'm like, we can't do a boys' club reunion. Andrew is famously dead. Like, <laughs> I got a shirt. Here's a shirt. Oh, there, there we go. We got him hanging up. Oh. I um, I gotta say, guys, there's probably top five people. When I found out that I was like, I really want to hug these people. You guys are on there. Oh yeah, no, it, yeah. It, 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 was so, it was so weird. Obviously, like, well, I don't know about you guys personally, but like, Andrew's definitely was my first like friend who died. You know what I mean? Like, Me too. I had, like, yes. I, people around my age that have died and I've had family members die and I had like people from high school die but he was like my first like best friend who died so that was weird and then you put a top you put that with like a little splash of corona where you can't even be around everybody you're like oh this is a fucking nightmare mm-hmm. I don't yeah. remember those two weeks those two weeks after yeah. finding out it like it was just so much and I feel like some yeah. days I was just I was almost in shock to a point where I didn't acknowledge any of it mm-hmm. yeah Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's the other part of like um, all this. Like everything's so weird now. That it's almost it's almost easy to like ignore it and not think it's real. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, Even it still so, doesn't but... feel real. I still think he's just touring in Ontario. That's a great way to say someone's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's touring in Ontario. But like, when he would go away, doing, uh, he actually—he's a clean comic on a cruise ship now. If you know mm-hmm. what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just feels like I'm still waiting for him to go joke. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's yeah, well, it's definitely fucking weird. I don't—I don't even know if it'll feel real until everybody gets together and then like they're just like, like we do like a proper send off kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's the just first so weird. the first Gus is back. Oh, it's gonna be a mess. I'm not gonna be able to look at Barry. Oh, uh, yeah. Do you know what? That'd be one of the weirder things where you realize that, like, like someone like Andrew, where he would definitely he would underrate like his impact on stuff. Where mm-hmm. even like fucking that, would, like, that, like how sad Barry would have fucking been. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Just like weird peripheral people like that. Like, obviously, all of his friends are devastated, but when fucking Barry finds out, you know, and like. Yeah. yeah, I thought of him like, pretty pretty quick afterwards. Actually, honestly, Barry, yeah. like I was like, fuck. Yeah. Barry was in my top five. Uh, yeah, there's definitely the people MVP like Richard. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I saw. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine that? You're just I like, you know, like you meet a guy at an open like a couple years ago. You live together. Everything's great. You got your issues together. Whatever, just roommate stuff. And then like, it's not like Richard was voted the best to handle emergency situations. He had to do all that shit. I was like, I was wildly impressed with Richard through it all. Mm-hmm. Still am now, even living there. Fucking Christ. Actually, two yeah. of the only friends that I've seen in close proximity since quarantine has been Richard and Catherine Robertson, who dropped off a French press to me. Because <laughs> um, she gave me a French press. But Richard came over maybe the day after. You Two days after? No, but like I was like, Did I you think take he... giants. Richard's got a great big wiener. Did you know? He's that? my friend's ex. I can't do shit. Listen, 
that hog's been all over town. That's <laughs> not a big deal. It's massive, though. Travis is just literally, yeah, take a drink, take a drink. Yeah. <laughs> I um, goofed up. <laughs> it was funny because when, when Andrew died, like, it was still at the beginning. And things were getting serious, but they weren't as serious. Like, they weren't quite yeah. totally ramped up yet. There was no rules or anything at the time. It was just, it was weird. Exactly. And so I, I told Richard, I was like, I think you got to come over and have a chat with me. Like, I, I'd like you to come. I was just kind of like, I feel like I want to make sure you're okay. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. yeah. So he came yeah. and he just sat like across the room from me and we chatted for a bit. Yeah, totally. But no, like, yeah, it's fucking Jesus. I couldn't imagine that. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> one more question on the Andrew subject and then we'll move on because we don't want to get too sad. Um, yeah, I'm curious because there was a group chat that happened instantly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm curious because I asked Richard, I was like, "How were the reactions like to the phone call?" Because I don't know what you guys, but when I go to bed at night, I still hear Richard on the phone telling me him breaking the oh, news yeah. to me. Yeah, I replay it in my head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I just i I actually thought he was joking at first. I told him. I, I said, "Fuck off! You're joking." <sighs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's uh, yeah. and then I was curious as to like how the guys reacted because he said that every single female burst into tears like instantly, instantly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I I, I found out when I was at work. Oh shit! Like, Seriously? Just, oh well, yeah, yeah. I was just I was wrapping up work. We just finished the day or whatever, and then uh, Rich called me, and then. Uh, yeah, found out, and then I just kind of got my stuff together, and I was like, hey, uh, I just had to tell my bosses real quick, obviously. I'm like, hey, boys, like, it's very weird news. A good friend of mine died. I gotta go. I gotta take off. And then I just, I was like, I'm, I'm probably not gonna show up for work tomorrow. Just heads up. And they were super cool about it, but held it together for a little bit, but it's just, it's a fucking weird thing, right? Because now I go over to that one corner of work where I found out. I'm like, oh, right, this is where I found out my buddy died. And did like what did you say? Like how did you react? Like what was your exact reaction to Richard? Well, I was super paranoid about Corona when it first happened. Anyway, so like I like found like I wasn't like. Well, obviously I was a little bit in shock. Then I asked if it was Corona for whatever. Yeah, same. Reason. Yeah. Yeah, I was like it wasn't because like he like he was one he was like when I was first paranoid about. It, I'm like, well, Andrew's a prime suspect for fucking having uh-huh. troubles with it. But uh, yeah, I know it, it was one of those things where. I was shocked that it happened, but like, but also like, fucking Andrew's life wasn't like one you sustain. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was like a running joke that he wasn't going to live very long. It was just I didn't expect it to be this short. Yeah, yeah, especially because he was being so much healthier during the end. Like he lost, he lost fifty pounds. You know? That's why you got to Keith Richard that shit. You got to live a dirty life. You got to live a dirty life. You can't. Yeah, yeah. You try to live clean, and then the body your body dies. goes. What's going on here? Do you think that was yeah, it? Changes. Should he should have kept going hard? It's just one of those weird things where you see like TLC being like six hundred pound life, and you're like, look at these people; they're fucking to treat themselves so bad. And you're like, oh, I mean, obviously Andrew's not that, not Andrew's not well, but Andrew's not good, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's but, certainly like one of those like unexpected but kind of expected things, like unexpected because of his age and yeah, stuff like that. But also like like there was a funny moment in the in the group chat that you guys might remember but Catherine being like i think he passed because he couldn't deal with uh being away from comedy for so long and then dan dan you were you were like oh it could also be the years of abuse on his body too yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> Which was such yeah, a good I, response. I couldn't stand that sentimental shit that early. We were just like, he knew he couldn't do stand-up for a couple months, so he had to leave early. I'm like, no, 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 no. Tell you what it was. <laughs> I do that- wonder. And Travis, what was your reaction? Um, I mean, not good. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I called Dan because oh. I didn't know if Dan knew yet. Yeah. And I was, I was told not to tell. But oh, yeah. I was I was not going to let Dan f- find out by some Facebook post, so I didn't know if he was going to get the call. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so as soon as he answered the phone, and I could tell he was upset. And, uh, <laughs> we had, like we had a, really sobbing. Yeah, yeah we both had a nice <laughs> sob. With the phone. That was actually the last time we had talked between until now. Yeah. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I sat on the bench by the commons and. Oh. Crying, I cried. Good outside cry. Oh, my yeah, heart is pounding right now just because I want to hug you both so much. Yeah. <laughs> People walk by. I truly I like. I got a corona diagnosis. Was uh, that? Um, yeah. It yeah. was brutal. I uh, I remember finding out and uh, calling a couple people. Um, I'm thankful that that Richard called me. Like, mm-hmm. like, because I can't imagine going into like that logistics mode of like, okay, this is what has to get done, and these are the people I have to like, like a phone yeah. tree. Yeah. Yeah. Situation. Like, I just can't imagine being thrown into that um, when you no. find someone. It's just insane. But rest in peace to our good friend, Andrew. I hope yeah. you're looking down on me and making fun of me, buddy. Yeah. And, uh, also, last thing, though, is like, you did a great job with the podcast, the Memorial Podcast, Sarah. Thanks so much. Yeah. I didn't think I would like it. I don't know why, but I was like, I half went into thinking, like, uh, I don't know how I feel about this. And yeah. I, it helped me a lot. So I appreciate Aww, that. Thank you. It, it, it felt good, too, because, like, the people who submitted, like, they had some really good stories. Yeah. And, and it, was, uh, it, was, it was funny to listen to them and then being, like, thinking, like, how new people saw Andrew. Because I even mentioned to Travis, like, when I first met fucking Andrew, he wasn't. He wasn't who he was. Like Andrew had an, like an intense amount of comedic growth in like the last five years. So it was interesting to see people who met him in the last like year or two, like like Matt Baker and stuff like that. Like see him, what his thoughts were on Andrew versus like what my thoughts were on Andrew. Because I met fucking Andrew and he's this scared little weirdo in the back of the room versus like the fucking the big cat that he was in the last couple of years, you know? No. Yeah. And then I, then I moved back and he became great. Weird. <laughs> uh, Travis, I love nice. how dramatically you drink on live stream. Absolutely. I know. He does, like, he does like the Andrew Evans where he tilts the entire thing. Like, here's a drink. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's great. Originally for this stream, I was trying to arrange a roasts segment where I could get some strategic pairings of people to roast each other. And I thought it'd yeah. be so funny for Travis to pop in at the end and roast everybody. Because Travis, one thing that you do, you've been lurking live streams and showing up in comments yeah, and just like killing it in the comments. Yeah. yeah, I like to, you know, I'll be under the influence of stuff and I'll be like, yeah, I like to fuck around with my friends. It's great. So you guys missing? Oh wait, I have to read this comment because Geneva Dickey wrote a comment in the stream. It's a great comment, Dan. Um, she said, "Hey I Dan, I dragged you to one of my speed dating events, and you wrong numbered all twenty ladies." <laughs> oh yeah, you're yeah, not good with names or numbers, apparently. So I went to Hopyard one night with my good buddy Spencer, who's now my boss at the brewery I work at, and we we're just sitting down having a beer. 
And then, uh, what's her name, Jen? Uh, Geneva. Geneva, sorry, yeah. Um, yeah, we're, so two guys didn't show up for the speed dating, and it was just me and Spencer there. And she's like, why don't you guys do it? We're like, I mean, we came here to have a beer and catch up. Why don't we just have a beer? And he's like, no, nah, we'll do it. So we both did speed dating, and it, it was a very good time. Like, it was great. She runs an awesome show. Yeah. Met, like, uh, some nice people. And then I was online harassed by other people for a couple months afterwards. But Why? Because you friends yeah. on them? Or you didn't match with them? Oh, no. There was, yeah, there were some people who just saw me out afterwards. And, like, I like you know how, like, you have your Facebook message requests? Yeah. I had a couple people after me after that. But it, it was a very good time. I'm glad I did it. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. It, Talking quite the event. I got a couple good stories after that. Met a lot of cool people. But. I feel like you're the. But you goofed up and took too much speed. <laughs> I goofed up and took too much speed. Honestly, <laughs> I didn't. I did it almost just to piss Paul Barbecue Doucette off of because he got mad. He's like, "You're an idiot. You've never done speed dating." Like Paul, now I have. <laughs> Barbecue's the first guy I saw after uh, Andrew. Who? Uh, Paul Doucette. Paul? Oh yeah, yeah. Paul I don't Doucette? know this person, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's just a guy who hates Andrew. <laughs> Well, didn't you actually? He was very upset, actually. Uh, was he? Yeah. yeah. He. It was actually really. It was really. It was a weird thing, because I was out for a walk, and I think I said this in the group chat, where I was like, "I know you're a fucking atheist, but if there's something, kind of give me a little sign." And yeah. the first person I saw was barbecue, and I'm like, "This is, can't be the sign." Yeah, like, that'd, that'd be a weird sign. But then That's what I also find comforting is like Andrew like very clearly stated like he. Does yeah. not believe in an afterlife. You're done. You're done. Like, and I I'm, hope he's I'm the same with you, Yeah, I hope he's fucking miserable and somewhere's right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Fuck. I ran into barbecue, and then he's like, "You want to drink?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And uh, he got me Jameson. Yeah, uh, which big cat shot a choice. And he's like, "Let's listen to some music," and then randomly put on the Wire theme song, which is the big cat's favorite show. That's a sign. I, I'm that's sorry. A, that's a fucking. You took a shot, and then where were you at? Where you can take a shot and then choose the music. At? I was on uh, North Street. He, he <laughs> lives. Or something? No, no. He was. He was standing outside his house. Oh, okay. We had a nice little social distance and uh, drink to the big cat. Yeah. I haven't yeah. even dreamt about him yet. Uh, I have. It's awful. I hate dreaming about dead people because I believe my dreams are real and I think yeah. um, things are normal. And then I wake up and I'm, it's shit. Uh, so hopefully you don't. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing because I when you when you told that story in the group chat, I thought about doing the same thing, but I yeah. like oddly feel not ready for it. I don't know. It's this weird thing. Because like, I I friggin' rec- live streamed with him the 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 day before. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were joking about death. I mean, that's... Oh, yeah. He uh, always joked about death. Yeah. He it's always said that insane. one. He constantly joked about it. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I just, I don't, I don't like it. I, I miss him. I miss him a bunch. And now I got to take care of this stupid fucking cat. <laughs> you have sassy cat. It's, I do have sassy cat. The, Lauren, Lauren bought this one. Did, does that sassy oh. cat have a different name? No, no, you that's don't even like Sassy Cat. I you don't like Sassy Cat. I don't like Sassy Cat because I created Sassy Cat and like all my shit. I know you Andrew did. Takes it. That's the most truest thing that's ever happened to Andrew Vaughn. It's like he just takes Travis Lindsay ideas, uses them to the most, and then he gets feels sad and then he's like, "Oh, Travis said that first. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck 
fucking dork. Oh my goodness gracious. That yeah, that um that group chat that happened, it's so funny to me because I scrolled back to the beginning. <laughs> the chat like i think just you guys and Catherine in there or something yeah and yeah. it was just people jumping in and like you you guys would be like does so-and-so yet no yet oh no and then, then they would be added to the group and it would be like just instant jokes instant jokes in there yeah it was like the first thing i thought of though because like like i was like on my drive home i'm like i kind of need this is like i think this is the best idea and i called well travis called me and then i called ian and we talked about it real quick. I'm like, I don't, is this super insensitive? Cause like, I don't know what to do. I'm just freaking out. I just want to make jokes. So like when I started, it was, it was good. It, it got, it was good. It's definitely, it got a little bloated a little at times and stuff, but it was, I don't know. I, I found it really helped a little bit or it got some of my energy out. He would want it too. Oh yeah. 100%. He would if love I fucking, that we were spending all that time joking about him. Me, like, yeah. I was very proud. Like, uh, do you know what? I actually got a little mad the other day because Pete uh, Davidson's trailer for his movie came out. Mm-hmm. And they fucking, they do a joke about his dad, the, the same joke that they did to fucking Andrew. Mm-hmm. Which one? What was the joke? Do you remember? It was uh, knock, knock. Who's there? Not Andrew. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. your dad. Yeah. Yeah. It's not your dad. But uh, then also Catherine sent me the sweetest message of all time. And she was like, apparently she was losing her mind over that joke. And then Ramona asked what it was, what was happening. And then Catherine tried to explain it to Ramona. And Ramona just didn't fucking get it. I was like, oh, well, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of a sad person's joke than anything. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, it, it is a way to deal. Um to deal with it. it was, it's just funny to see like joke 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 and then and then there'll be like little moments in there of like oh fuck like yeah, we're all yeah. sad yeah i i still it, i greatly enjoyed it because mostly it was like i like the picture dump too when everybody like threw in their favorite pictures of like him eating hot wings saying i'm dying and then like that weird video when he's just shit faced right. in his big purple shirt being like hello i watched that at least once a week oh oh i uh... <laughs> The phone that I went swimming with in Florida, and I lost all my blackmail stuff on him and stuff, and my pictures yeah. uh, is uh, I, I'm I'm going through my room rearranging shit, and I decided just to plug it in and see if it would come on, and it comes on, it works. Yeah, and, uh, I got this video. Oh uh, gosh, let me. Jesus oh, Christ, see Let's uh, let's try to get him in trouble with the coast. Uh, yeah. That was there, I didn't. I definitely had a thought when Andrew died, where I'm like, okay, obviously it's bad, but ob- another part, it's kind of good because like a good, a good fifty percent of my secrets just died. As long as this black fella dies <laughs> soon, then I'm good to go. I had the same thought, Dad. <laughs> yeah, he knew too much. It's good that he's gone. It's, he knew way too right. much. <laughs> I got, I got him. I got him sleeping. Let me try to get this. And oh, is that him? Yeah, that- Cape Breton. Oh Cape Breton. my god! Sleepy yeah. pizza. When, when he was when he's talking about he saw a homeless guy. Now he feels like yeah, he's no better. Here he is, sleep eating pizza. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> that was such a good trip. That was a great one. You what guys must have that? so was many it? like road trip memories with that guy. Oh yeah, well that's that was uh, had so many good times with him that like fuck, I don't even know if we could have had any more. 
That was a clusterfuck. Martin and him did a show, and I think it was me and you did a show, wasn't it? No, no me, um, me, Martin, and Andrew did a show. Okay, but I was there. So where you, was that? You and Chanel did that gig that me and oh, oh with that filthy fucking bastard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. George. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, so we all came up together, and then Martin and Andrew drove back. I had a Sove gig the next night, and then me, you, Sove, and all them drove back together, and we got pulled over. That's when he got a speed ticket for going 170. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. He was driving so fast. I was so nervous. I had to fall asleep. <laughs> Did you say you had to fall asleep to deal with the nerves? Yeah. I, we, we both yeah. like pretended like sleep. Yeah. I got, yeah. I, uh, I'm not good when I, if I'm in a car and I'm not driving, I got, I got pretty bad anxiety. And Sove is like a, not a good driver. He drives way too fast. So I just got, I knew I was driving with Sobe, so I got real drunk so I could pass out. That's hilarious. I oh. can never sleep when I'm stressed. Here's Vaughn singing Biggie. Let me know if you can hear it. Just a sec. That's not him. That's not him singing. That's him just saying the N-word. <laughs> <laughs> So he doesn't get in trouble. I'm saying it's singing. Oh, yeah. No, he's already in trouble. Don't worry about it. That kid is smiling from ear to ear every day. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Blackmail phone. That would be a great T-shirt. Where's my fucking eulogy, Rebecca? That would be... (laughs) Oh, man. I hope we can get together soon, guys. I truly do. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully by the end of the summer, before second wave, we'll have something. I am. Um, I'm interested to. I want to meet his family. Yeah. You yeah. I mean like I met his mom or I met his dad before? I never met his mom. His mom's very nice. I've. I've oh, of course she is. She's the sweetest. Cre- I bet she's the sweetest creature of all time. She was doing a 36 year old's laundry with fuckstick. She's got to be pretty kind. Yeah. She's a, she's she's an angel. Yeah. Um, his mama. Yeah. Ugh. Oh boy! It'd be good to see everybody soon. Just yeah. Circumstances. What What do you guys picture? Um, like if if we could plan something for Andrew, some sort of show or something. What do you guys envision? Um, I don't know. I uh, I keep going back in my mind what I would like it to be and what it should be, and uh, I still want to do one podcast. Um, I just haven't been able to get around to it. I don't have the podcast stuff. I mean, uh, Travis, if social distancing lifts, come on over. Yeah, yeah, and then I'll then I'll gladly uh, I do one there. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and Dan were supposed to do a be a part of this twenty four hour comedy fest thing. What? Yeah. What's this twenty four hour but comedy fest? It was literally around the world. They're doing comedy uh, in every time zone, and me and Dan got picked to do it here. Woo! Uh, but neither my, of us did it. My grandmother. Uh, health issues came up, and Dan had forgotten about it. Uh, but what I, I wanted, agree that immediately forgot about it. What I wanted to do for it, I wanted to get, uh, I wanted to get like you to like host it, Sarah. Yeah. And then I wanted to do a story, and I wanted to get like Matt Baker and Cat, and you know, me and Dan would do something. But then I wanted it to close, like playing like a you know an Andrew video or something like. Yeah. You know, and then also we can still pick something out like that, though. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it would be it's pretty interesting if we could like curate like two hours or like a like a, a healthy podcast. So like, like I mean, 
it maybe is more of a final send off kind of thing. Maybe even just to give um, his family and stuff or his dad, if we could get it to him in some way. Yeah. You know, it'd be, it'd be nice to have that. I mean, definitely. I mean, what Sarah, what you did was great. It was awesome. And it helped me a lot, but like, I, I'm, I'm barely ready to talk about it now, let alone yeah. submit a story, you know? So yeah, it's one I know, of those I know. Yeah. yeah. And I, mean, I kind of figured... No rush. It's not like he's, he's staying dead. He's so. staying dead. That's just... <laughs> That's what we have on that. And we'll be remembering him forever. So, I mean, it's just going to be an ongoing thing. Because oh. here's the thing. Like, he, he had such... Uh, he was like a new friend to me, but like, it was such a, um impact on my life. Like, just insane. And yeah. like a huge part of why I've like fallen in love with comedy, honestly, like, yeah. And so I'll always owe that to, to Andrew, you know? Yeah. So, um, anything. Yeah. Travis, don't hesitate to reach out. If anything like that you want yeah. help with, let me know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause like I have hours of footage of this guy. Hours. Yeah. Yeah. Hours. yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been so thankful for the boys club podcast. I mean, even as, uh, as a member of the boys club who rarely showed up if or ever, I was, it's so great to be able like just to be able to go back and listen to stuff like it's such a godsend like i've listened to i think i've I listened to the entire boys club like backlog at least twice so, so far jesus yeah that's i can't though. listen to yeah it's a lot of bullshit and i remember how upset he got about absolutely fucking nothing all the time but yeah it's so good to hear him yeah <laughs> i still hear like there's certain but things the that next happen week- i hear his voice like the next week he'd be like, oh, I gotta mellow. I don't know why that got to me. I gotta mellow. Like he's like, Why is it bugging me? And then like the next week again, it'd be some bullshit that he's upset Such about. Such a yeah. reactive yeah. guy, but really quick to be like, oh, I was I was out of line. Like Oh yeah. He was always yeah, he was always good to be back. Like he, he was very rational when he had time to think, but when you like pressed him when he felt like he needed to do a two hour podcast every week, he'd fucking talk about nothing. Yeah. Oh Christ, what a guy. I mean, there was de- it's definitely it was definitely weird for me, like not seeing Boys Club pop up in my feed like the first couple weeks after. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, oh boy. But guys, how are you guys doing? Let's let's shift let's shift gears. <laughs> let's stop. Although this oh has been, I'll, 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 I gotta say though, really nice though to talk about him with you guys. Like, <laughs> it is good to yeah. chat. But this is what I was talking about. I was like, I know. yeah, I'll, I'll I'll chat, but I'm like, there's no way me and Travis can talk for the first time and not exclusively talk about our dead best friend yeah. i know i know and there was definitely moments just recently where i was like i'm gonna tear up like don't tear up don't tear up don't tear up mm-hmm. um, Mama's ain't running for shit oh man <laughs> but how are you guys doing how are you guys dealing with uh the lack of comedy and stage time and all this uh i'm losing my mind yeah yeah i am i'm re-watching not even re-watching i'm going i'm watching every episode of modern family Modern Family. I'm literally just what, doing whatever. What, what made you choose Modern Family? I am writing a lot. Oh, okay, uh, it's good. just it's, it's an easy watch. It is easy I, watching, yeah. And I I think it's probably also has to do with other stuff going on where I'm like I just need something to put on and tune out and not think yeah. about distractions. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so now I'm just watching that. I'm already in the season three. I started like two weeks ago. If that. It's a good show. Um, it I'm actually yeah I'm mad at myself with how much I'm actually really really enjoying it. Yeah, Modern Family. It's not like a cool show to watch by any means. It's not like oh have you watched The Wire or Breaking Bad? Oh have you watched Modern Family? That, that's a different. Tone. It's a really but well like, done it, sitcom. 
Yeah, totally. Honestly, man, like I'm rewatching New Girl right now, and I'm like, yep, this is delightful. Like, I, I love, love New Girl. There's nothing it. more relaxing than a good, predictable sitcom. It's like, yeah. hey, I know Nick and Jess are going to work out together. Yeah. <laughs> I know what's going to happen. Take me on that trip. I, I, there's nothing more calming than that. I will say, I didn't like it as much after they got together. No, of course, but I mean, I've never even watched season seven. I refuse to watch it. Like, I like the humming and the hawing. It's like the Office. As soon as Jim and Pam are together, I'm like, bus snoring. You need the sexual tension, will they? Won't they? Like, yeah. Well, that's like the whole point of the show. So once the point is, it's like, well, now what are we? We're watching the happy after. You know? Yeah. That's why they say, and they lived happily ever after. They never mentioned. Yeah, because you'd be like, I don't care. Yeah. yeah, who gives a shit? I like drama, baby. Yeah, I want the hunt. I don't need to see you skin the deer. I just want to see if you can catch it. Wow, that's a real that's a real Red Dead Redemption real thing there. I've been in a lot of Red Dead. I'm in deep. In, oh, probably so many video games, eh? Travis, you know my buddy Ryan, right? You've met Ryan. Have you met Ryan Chevrolet? Yeah, yes, many a times. Yeah, okay. So my good buddy Ryan, he, he, has, he has asthma. And he, yeah. he's fairly concerned about COVID, which everybody should be. Yeah. But he's taking it out of my friends. He's taking the most, he's taking the most serious. Yeah. He was, so his girlfriend's in Picto County. So he yeah. spent the first two months with her. He yeah. just came back to PEI. So now he's staying in this remote cottage. He spent two months in Picto? He spent two months in Picto living with his girlfriend's We were parents. bored after half a night. I know. <laughs> two months in Picto sounds like a, it just sounds like a reason to kill yourself. That's worse than COVID. <laughs> Anyway, so he got this cottage, right? And he, he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to self-isolate in this cottage for two weeks, as you're supposed to. But he's like, it doesn't matter. I got my Xbox. I'm going to play Red Dead 2 beginning to end. Yeah. It's, the internet's so bad out there. Take them two weeks to download Red Dead. Oh, my Holy God. Shit. It's 100 gigabytes, and it took him two weeks to download it. It's constantly running, and now he's only got a day or two of playing it. But he's like, this will be great. Two weeks by myself after yeah. spending all this time with my girlfriend and her parents. I'll play it. Anyway, it's not really a funny story, but it's just kind of something that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I brought up Red Dead. It's on top. <laughs> That's the only exciting thing that's happening with me. No, but but I just like I, still, like I still got my job and shit, so I'm still been busy as fuck. I mean, just, yeah. it's been the evenings and stuff that are a little boring. But I Dan, mean, I've been tuning so into cool. your online trivia with Claire Balfour and Heather McDonald and Scott. Um, we we were the boner que- boner queens team. Boner queens, yeah, yeah, and uh, so that was fun doing. You're doing the online trivia. Yeah, I, we're done now, but was the rules loosen up? But it, it was a good time. But. Yeah, there you go, and Travis. That's a lot of energy. You did a live stream from New Scotland Brewing. You, I did. You are you the only Halifax comedian to actually have been on like a stage? Yeah, Martin Since? Nick Martinella had to cancel his one. Um, what you sipping on, Dan? Uh, Yankee Gales. What number is that? Oh, I've been after it today. Yeah, um, this, this is my first day off in like three weeks. Daddy's getting. Well, Daddy's getting. You know. Well, treat yourself, buddy. Um, yeah, so far, yeah, I think I'm the only one to have done a stand-up show, which was funny because I said, like, the day before I got asked that I would never do one of those. I heard that, yeah. I heard that, I, yeah. Like, I just, I missed it too much, and I was like, fuck, yeah, I gotta do it. I'll see what it is. And it, and then, even after I said yes, I was like, this is gonna be, I'm gonna hate yeah. this. Uh, but I had, I had a really fun time. Uh, the goofy uh, laugh track actually kind of worked. Yeah. It did. Uh, it 100% did. I tuned in to hate it, and I loved it. 
Yeah, it was actually fun. It turned <laughs> out to be both. I was like, I showed up I'm to like, Haiti. Uh, I'm like, worst case, I hear Travis's voice. I don't give a shit. It's gonna be stupid. It also, it, but it, it definitely leans yourself to your style, right? Like you're a storyteller where you yeah. can go a few minutes without a big laugh. Like if like, I mean, uh, just as an example, it'd be trickier for like Martin Edwards, right, to like go up there and do short jokes for an hour. It'd be yeah, almost impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but no, it, yeah, it did work to my advantage there and, you know, made a couple bucks doing some jokes. And It's amazing. Yeah, when yeah. I tuned in and I saw that there was a laugh track, I went, yee. And yeah. then I was like, oh! <laughs> like, yeah. But then cut to like 15 minutes later when he, he gets a chance to drink and you kind of like, there's like, there's an ending to stop. It worked out. Was that? Yeah. Scott was great. They're great. They're they're a great group of guys and I'm glad I got to do it with yeah. them. Really good beer and they support the art. So like, fuck, that's... Yeah. More than you ask most breweries these days. Yeah, and there was some people physically there, right? Like a couple, two staff. Uh, during the show. Yeah, two for uh, staff. Yeah, so that's something. Yeah, it was something, and they were laughing too, which was like good because like then that would get them. I'm I hate like I hate doing mic checks, like sound checks and that. Yeah, like I hate going in and like them being like, "Well, just say your last joke or your last line." I, I don't want to do that. I can't. I'll just go. Blah, 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 blah. Joke's done. Yeah. So, like, I thought I was going to, like, be afraid to, like, when I get there, hard to get into show mode. And I thought I was going to be like, I'm going to treat this like a fucking sound check. And I'm not going to have any confidence in delivery and stuff. And But, uh, you know, get a couple drinks in me and it all worked out all right. Yeah, no, it was really, really, really good. <laughs> really cool if I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, uh, it was a great, it was a great, great time. You guys been on any Zoom comedy shows? Have you seen any? No, done any? I've avoided them so far. No, I did. I did uh, Albert and uh, Matt's Instagram uh, show. Yeah, which is uh, which is fun, just because you know, uh, that's more like talk showy. Yeah, it's yeah. I don't feel like I'm you know doing stand up or anything. Um, so that was fun. Uh, I really hate like Skype and this yeah. and like you know, man, like I hate seeing myself on camera. Oh really? So, like, Me too. This really fucks me up. Was that you agreeing that you hate seeing yourself or were you trying to insult me? No, I hate seeing you. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a lot. Dan loves seeing himself. I'm a big fan of me. I'm becoming a big fan of me, too. Yeah. (laughs) It's been a journey. (laughs) But I think I love me now. Yeah. Yeah, self-love. Special K, Phil Dumphy. Yeah. Yes, you are Special K. What did he say? He said he's Phil Dunphy from Modern Family. Oh my gosh! Have you guys ever done the um? Dad, Modern Family. There's a which um, one? There's like five dads. Straight, not old dad. Oh, oh yeah, okay, I got him. Yeah, Hi Burrell. There's a personality test you can do that tells you what fictional character you are from like TV Mm -hmm. or movies. You guys should do it sometime. I think that's called BuzzFeed. No, it's. It's actually like a really intense one. It gives you like like hundreds of um characters and your percentage mm-hmm. of how like them you are. Mm-hmm. Um I enjoy those. I think they're all bullshit though. Cuz like if you're answering questions like you you project what you think you are. Yeah. Like, you that's the thing. I find a lot of people are like I want to be this person. So they'll like, yeah. answer the questions how they think that person I'd be more comfortable if like Trav if Travis entered answers for me and then he would know. 
that's interesting. Yeah. Get I someone else to do it for you. Travis was thinking of me and then did the quiz and then told me who I was. Who do you think each other would be? Oh, from what? From sitcoms? Yeah. Fuck, I don't know. Or like a combination of people. Oh, Dan's one of the Bennett boys. <laughs> yeah, I could see I could see me being either one of those boys. Bennett boys? <laughs> the me ranch, and, baby. Me and have a love of the ranch. Netflix. Oh, okay. I still yeah. have I still have that podcast. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's one in the bunker. We uh, yeah, that one's staying in there. Which we one? did a po- we did a podcast together uh, even before Boys Club, uh, where me and Dan were going to drink, and uh, oh no, we did drink. Yeah, where we drank and watched the ranch, and we tried to record multiple episodes in a night. We watched the entire first season in one night, which is. Close to eight hours, and we Holy were shit. we were so we like we didn't know what's drink. happening at first, so we were watching it and then commentating over it, and then at the end we're just shit faced watching it, making the odd remark like, and then just having a normal good. conversation, like yeah. It, it it yeah it's it's a any drunk you think I've ever been on boys club is nothing yeah. compared to the <laughs> coherent babble that me and Dan are having after eight hours of drinking whiskey. And it fucking Bud Light. Yeah. Because it's basically because, like, at first we were like, I we were both like a little uncertain. So we just started drinking real fast. Oh my God. Oh, it, it's it's a very interesting podcast as long as you deeply love me and Travis. Besides that, it's a fucking shit. I would listen. I deeply Epis- love you. Both. Episode four and five, I think, are the sweet spot. Yeah. There is a <laughs> sweet spot. You gotta, you gotta put this shit out. I don't know what we, like, how I thought that was gonna go like oh this is a good idea like mm. it's the same thing as like when i started i i tried a podcast called the growler hour or growler hour where like me and another guest drink four beers like a growler and then the first person i had on the only person i had on was frank russo i'm like oh this will be interesting because i fucking hate frank so if we talk it'll be an interesting conversation cut to frank's 140 pounds and he was so blind drunk at the end of this conversation that he was inaudible. Like he was like, you couldn't. Frank even hear has him. no tolerance. Yeah. So Frank he had he had four big craft beers, which is like an IPA. I just assumed. And then I remember having a moment halfway through the podcast and like, right, Frank is fucking half my body weight and doesn't have a tolerance for alcohol. This is fucking piss poor. <laughs> Did we? Me? Me? Not to. But now there's a story that involves Frank, but it's a Rhodes story, so it also involves Vaughn. But we did we we did the shows, and one of the nights when we did Schoolhouse Brewery, yeah, and Frank got so drunk, he puked three times on the drive back to the Airbnb, including at the gas station. I got that on video somewhere. Um, and then he he went to his room and went to sleep immediately. And then me and Vaughn stayed up the whole night watching Chappelle specials and Vaughn kept farting into the pillows. <laughs> and then as when we went to bed, Frank got up sick and went to like the couch to sleep on the couch and laid right on Vaughn's fart pillow and was like, this smells like shit. And then just <laughs> passed out. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that was the highlight of that guy. Really. Did you tell him that there's a reason? They said oh, absolutely. <laughs> of course. Yeah. 
There's a hot shit hanging out in that part. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> Some people just aren't. I feel like some people just aren't built to be big drinkers. Like I'm not. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I'm pretty. I'm still pretty. Uh, wussy. How many would you say before you'd be like consider yourself drunk? Drunk, probably like four or five. Okay, well that's not bad. That's an average yeah. person, I'd say. But like I get, I, mean, I get nauseous, sick when I drink over that. But here's the thing: there's no good part to being a big drinker. There's no yeah. trophy. There's no prize or anything like that. Like this is more expensive. Yeah, I'm I'm a big drinker, but like it just, it, it's never helped me. Or it was a it was like a notch on your belt in like in high school. Like oh, you can drink a bunch. He's a cool guy. It's not a yeah. coolest guy thing to do to spend a lot of money. You know yeah, I mean? that, that's true. That shit. Like, wow, routine. that guy. That guy takes a lot of money to make him less anxious in public. He's yeah. a cool dude. That's not cool dude behavior. Yeah. That's true. It is much literally cheaper to be a cheap. Listen, yeah. listen, kids, stay in school. Stay in school, be good. It's not cool to drink a lot. I actually have you guys been um, drinking a lot during this time? Like, um, uh, no, not a, not compared to what I was for sure. Me neither. Yeah, out of the gate, out of the gate I was drinking a lot. Now I'm not. I'm barely drinking anything. Uh, but I noticed last night. When I had two and was really feeling it, I was like, oh, I've not drank in many weeks, I guess. Like, actually drank, drank. I just have this theory that I don't want to waste my drunk on just myself. (laughs) Yeah. Like. I've been a big, like, I'll have, I I don't drink alone right now. It's pretty much my rule. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't, I just, I've, I've actually never really been into drinking alone. I just don't understand the point. But I mean, also like even like Zoom calls wise, like I was like calling people and having a few drinks, playing video games, and having a few drinks. Like, there's no, there's no point. I'm just trying to use it for the social aspects right now, which is a little tricky. But right, yeah, we're all gonna be so socially awkward when we come out of this. <laughs> uh, I already was, so this is. Yeah. <laughs> you're not socially, aw- you're not that socially awkward, Travis. Not yeah. Uh, well, he gets guess- hung up on certain things. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. The, it's like the weird things. Instead of like, you know how like Larry David's like, what? What do you mean? And that'll just cripple Travis, I find. Yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, it's a whole to do. Um, well, I mean, I I think it's good to have a close, close knit group of people. You can just totally be, you can totally be yeah. your awkward self around, you know? Blue Lobster is the shit. You know what? Um, this stuff is good, man. They, they, it's good. I had the rocket one last night, and it's amazing. Haven't tried the rocket yet, but I'm going to say something a little uh, controversial. I'm I'm kind of liking the white claws more than I'm liking the blue lobster. I've not had white claw yet. I've been dying to try it. I definitely try a white claw, but I lean towards blue lobster just because like they're local. I know, and I met those guys who run the company. They're they're good fellows. They're like they got rich maritimer vibes, which isn't like always the best. There's a whole choiness to it, but they're good folks. I actually love, like, I love, like, their actual vodka vodka is all I buy. But yeah. in terms of the coolers, in terms of no, taste, to learn. I like the White Claws better because they're not as strong. I find the Blue Lobsters, like, I don't know. There's something about them. They, they're they too strong is the only word I would use. But the White Claws, they're you slightly ice less in the glass. Put ice in the glass down. Maybe you're <laughs> right. Maybe it's because I've been drinking them from the can. Yeah. I gotta water it down like a college student. Yeah, like I think. And then as you drink it, the ice melts, calms it down a little bit. I don't even taste the alcohol in these. Really? I just find them. I find them a little sweet, a little too sweet. 
I love Buddy, a, bl- a bland drink. Travis, I got I got like ten new followers after I posted that old video of you uh, puking well, on the street. Of course you did, bud. <laughs> you know what, what other dirt you got on the kid? Listen, Dano doesn't make a lot of uh, birthday appreciation posts, but he threw one out for the kid. I know. You do every year, and I appreciate it, and it was very sweet. And- appreciate you, but I love you. So here's my question. Now that – so, Travis, you have a lot of blackmail stuff on Andrew. Andrew yeah. had a lot of blackmail stuff on Dan. Yeah. Um, who has I mean, more anything. blackmail stuff on each other uh, no, Travis has way more blackmail stuff on me. Yeah. Yeah? Oh, Probably I got even it. more than Andrew would ever have. I got a nuke. Yeah. <laughs> if, he ever, end my life. if he ever really hurts me, oh, he'll never work again. Yeah. <laughs> I've only actually said the N-word once, and it was when Travis goofed up with garlic fingers. What? What goofed it, up with garlic fingers? The wind took the box out of my hand. We were, we were I was living just off Quinpool, and we were got shit-faced one night. And we bought garlic fingers off Freeman's on Quimpool. And I asked him, like, hey, man, you got them? And he said, yep, yeah, man, I got them. And the wind took them and, boom, threw the garlic fingers up against his chest. And that's the only time I said the N-word and meant to <gasps> What did you say? Like, did, did, like, were you, like, you blank? No, he just said it. Oh. Like, it, there was no, <laughs> like, it was a one-word sentence. I still, I feel bad about it to this day, but I'm like, you know what? I was a little in the right. Oh my god, that's I mean that would be heartbreaking. There would be nothing worse than losing some garlic fingers. Yeah. Just when you know you're so excited about something and they're going to be perfect and then the second you see your friend betray you and not let them be perfect was I I was livid. The wind wasn't blowing when I said I got them. It wasn't a factor <laughs> in the in the in the holding of the garlic fingers. <laughs> if the wind had been blowing then I'd been like I'm a little iffy. I was being honest at the time. I did have them, and then the wind it came out of nowhere. Oh my gosh, that's whole. This is a sore subject, okay? When when was this? Yeah, when did this happen? Four years ago, at least three years ago. Yeah, three or four years ago. Um, I'm still upset about it. I still yeah. think about it all the time. But that Every was a rough, we... that was a rough night for Dan. Dan wasn't doing. Um, we were leaving Freeman. What, what happened that night? We were there with that. There was that girl that was at, that came to uh, Toothy to watch the comedy. Oh, was it that nightmare girl? Yeah, and then, uh, and then you were you legit were like try, trying to be like, um, hey, um, do you want to? You can call a cab or whatever for my place if you want or whatever, or you can call your friend or whatever to come get you. And then she was like, no, and all all of a sudden, like her total thing changes. She was like. No, I'm kind of nervous. I'm scared. I'm just going to get in this cab. And this was peaked during uh, all the sexual assault with cabs. Yeah, rabies cabs. And Dan goes, you're scared for that, but you're going to get into a cab? Read the news. And then just walked away. Yeah, I remember that woman. Dan was so offended. <laughs> but I mean, also, look at look at Dan. Dan's a... Oh, yeah, no, I'm also the guy. I'm the other guy in the news. Yeah, yeah, you're the other guy in the news. Yeah. I fuck. I hated that fucking lady. Jesus Christ, she drove me up the wall. Oh yeah. my gosh! Like I would, if I ever had to like describe, if I had to draw a picture of Travis frustrated, I would draw a picture of you listening to me talk to that woman. Yes, yes, that was uh, 
Did you interject at all or just facepalm? Uh, I probably said snide comments here or there or whatever. But here or there. Yeah. It, it was one of those nights where like we were both out drinking and then I was like, hey, Travis, you can just crash my place. I'm like, cool. And then I just drove Travis on an adventure. Right back. did not want to be on. <laughs> Should have just gave him my keys and let him go. Where's he going? <laughs> Who knows? Do you have a story against Travis now to pay him back? No. Do you know what? Travis has got 50 stories against me for being a complete piece of shit. I don't have one against Travis. I mean, it's okay if you were a piece of shit. You learn from it and move on. Exactly. I always love that uh, when they, people say that thing where it's like, oh, if you're embarrassed about something in the past, it's because you've learned. Yeah. Look at this dog. Oh, let's hey, see Norm. Norm. Let's get Norm. Norm. A good Norm shot. Oh, hi, buddy. Oh, I want to pet that dog ahead. Oh, I miss Norm. Oh, what a He's suck. a real MVP of this quarantine for me. Um, how's the dog oh, been uh, in quarantine? How are, you, how are you doing, Sarah? You're living alone. That's not easy. Uh, I hate it. I hate everything. And um, at. I will be the first person, and I don't care. I truly don't. I will be the first person at a restaurant. I will be the first person at a... I don't I I'm done. I'm yeah. ready to uh, get a hug from a friend. Yeah. I'm like, I'm... It's, it's just this is not uh, not not how I thrive. Like some people thrive, some people have truly been thriving in this during this time. You know what I, I love, love? I love being alone and not having to make excuses to not be alone. Like, but I'm lonely as fuck. Even yeah. the, the dog helps, but Jesus Christ! I love that waving has come back. A what? I haven't waving. really experienced waving coming back yet. I love that waving at like people you know has come back, and that being it. If I saw like, well, if you saw someone that you knew walking down the street, would yeah, you just that, wave and walk by. Like, yeah, like I, I saw Brandon across the street walking. Him and Maya were walking, and then, and then we just waved, and that was like a nice like, hey, how you doing? See, that's not I enough miss, for me. I miss waving at people. Like, I that is plenty for me. I. And I'm not even like touchy feely. I don't really, I don't care too much about the touchy feeliness. <laughs> Shannon wrote, "Sarah will be patient zero of wave two. You're probably right, Shannon. But Shannon also is hasn't left her apartment at all in these two months, not even for a walk. So, wait a minute, Kyle what? Barnett. There was a night Dan kept kicking me and Travis on the walk. <laughs> kicking? What? You mean kicking? I mean, it probably means you were physically kicking both of us. I do love to physically abuse friends. Yeah. That imagery is friggin' uh, friggin' funny. Oh, she went outside yesterday. Sweet. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you went yeah. outside. Um, everyone's different in how they like their paranoia with this thing. And I'm just gonna yeah. be very frank and say that my mental health needs uh, a social life. Yeah. No, it's true. Like, there's there's a reason we live in cities is to be around people. Even. Yeah. It's it's fucking weird. It's very interesting. <laughs> Yeah. Jesus Christ. Makes me want to get a roommate again. I, yeah, I was super happy living alone before this. Now that I am alone, it's, or I don't have a roommate right now. I, I'm very, I would love a fucking roommate. Yeah, same. Same. Well, boys, I'm going to let you guys get back to your life. Um, All right. It was awful good to talk to you. What's that? It was awful good to talk to you, boo. Yeah, great to talk to you guys. And if you have the Zoom link, we, we will be drinking later tonight with Robbie Vino and Nick Burden and mm-hmm. Kathleen McGee. Um, 
And from about 11 p.m. onwards, there's no, like, formal segment. So if you want to just fucking pop in on the, with yeah, the Zoom yeah. link, feel free. I'll hang out. What's that? I said I'll hang out. I'll oh, that'd be awesome, yeah. Just we'll click just the link and jump in. See you, Dan. Thanks so much. Um, if, follow these guys on social media. Yeah. Travis and Dan. Check out my album. Check out Travis's album, The Kid Is Alright. It's fucking fantastic. You can stream yeah. that wherever. And then check out Andrew's album, too. Yes, Too Fat to Go Kart. Check out both of those. Thank you so much, Travis. And I hope to give you a hug soon. Thanks. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll see you soon.